Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of FBL Black Box. My name is Az. We are without Mark once again, but I'm joined by my best friend in FPL. It's Luke. How are you, Luke? I'm not so bad, mate. I'm good. Um, you are double, echo- double echoing, by the way. So you need to mute yourself in Zoom, I think. Um, that's, that's a good start. Double isn't it? echoing. Uh, only for you. Mate. I think I'm probably fine for everyone else. Happy now? It is. I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There you go. What were we saying about any technical issues? Before we start, I would like to just to thank Mark. Um, this episode would not be possible without him sending me 20 uh, tutorial videos on how to put black box together. Um, I now know the pain he goes through every week. Uh, I've been two and a half hours uh, putting this uh, together and it's nowhere near as in-depth as what he does. So Mark, you'll be watching. Thank you very much. You're uh, a saviour for both of us. But hello, everyone. Anyway, Luke, let's start again. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm not so bad. Yeah. Um getting over my graphics cards issues, bought a four grand gaming PC, my graphics card failed after a month, <laughs> um, which is depressing. And then they don't have it in stock. So um, I haven't had a PC properly and I'm, I'm basically borrowed a mate, stuck it in here and it's from about 1980. So if I, if you lose me at any point during this, it's because nice. my computer shut down, which has happened a couple of times, but I'll try to jump back on. Nice. So. That's why your Sky videos have shifted over to spaces for the time Indeed. being as well. Yeah. Very nice. Um, how's your season going so far? I, don't, I wasn't, you were on, last time you were on Black Box, you were on with Mark. I wasn't there because mm. I was moving house. I don't think I've done one of these with you since the start. We did one at the start of the season, did we? Yeah, we did it pre-season, all three of us, didn't we? Um, yeah, uh, it's it's going okay. Obviously, I'd always like to be doing better. I'm beating Mark. That's the main thing. <laughs> um, it is only seven points, but I'm beating Mark. And obviously, he's done a runner since he started losing to <laughs> you. Has. So, had to get a replacement in. More of a challenge, so... Hopefully I'll get up, I'll get close to you. But um, you're more of a challenge, Luke. Something's gone uh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if anyone's wondering where Mark is, he is uh, swamped with work at the moment. 
he's really busy. He's, it's not at all to do with the fact that I'm beating him and Luke's beating him as well. Uh, but yeah, hopefully he'll be back next week. We are thinking of doing a watch along or something like that with uh, some of the, uh, some of the games or at least a match watch along like we did last year when Trent scored that goal and when I went to get a beer and it was one of the worst moments of my, <laughs> of my life. Uh, so yeah, look out for that next week. If not next week, then hopefully Mark will be back the week after that, but hopefully sometime soon. Right. We've got loads to get through, Luke. Uh, let's start with our game weeks just gone. So I will go first. I got 70 points. Uh, it was the defence again coming through. Cancelo, Trent and James, just like so many people, had Ram standing goal, Livermento, uh, both with one. Salah Foden and Bomo. Salah not captain, so only eight points from him. Uh, and yeah. then up front, Tony six, Antonio two. And I bought in Cristiano Ronaldo against Watford, thinking surely these guys are going to save Ole's job. Absolutely atrocious. Every single player was an embarrassment to the club. I thought Watford were, were, Watford were fine, but there was not a single performance in that United team that I, I, just thought, I just thought was absolutely ridiculous. What did you make of it? Um, it wasn't good, was it? It was pretty awful. It's just been more of the same, to be honest. We've, I mean, I've, I sort of support Man United, not really. And we've just, um, oh, just that's been changed. terrible for ages. <laughs> Typical yeah. glory hunter. There we yeah, go. Yeah, Fergie left and that was it, mate. Put him <laughs> in the bin straight away. Um, yeah, no, it was just, it wasn't good, was it? I, I was working all over the weekend. So a lot of what I've watched this weekend, unfortunately, is highlights. But to be honest, I don't think the highlight, you know, you, you know, normally when you watch highlights, you only get part of the picture. <laughs> I think when you lose 4-1 to Watford, there's not much else you need to know, right? It, yeah, from what I saw, we were just dreadful and it's the same old stories. We just don't really know how to play. We haven't got a DM, you know, the players we've bought to play. Like, right, I thought Sancho did a little bit better, obviously mm. um, performed a little bit better recently. So that sort of made me some bias, but yeah, it's not good. There's, there's not really a case you can make for any of them at the moment, is there? Which is unfortunate because from game week 16, they've got a really nice fixture run. So it's kind of like the whole Spurs thing again, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, you could have switched the kits around. You would have thought it was United playing Watford, you know, or, or United in yellow or what they're doing in the yellow kit. It was, it was just relentless, like wave after wave of pressure from Watford and mistakes across the board from United. I mean, Ronaldo had a couple of chances. He's still the only one that's, you know, looks like anywhere able to get anything from, from a game. There's people still blaming him for, um, you know, f- for the whole form of the loss of form of, of United. I think that's pr- fairly lazy commentary. I think there's maybe something in it. Maybe United would be more of a team without him in, but I don't know where they'd be without his goals so far. And would you trust Martial to be getting those if he was still playing up front? Or uh, I don't know. Not really. A lot of pressure on Greenwood if he was up top as well. It's yeah, yeah. It's just a problem. It's like. I've been saying this a lot recently. I don't think it's a struggle for all the teams in the Premier League right now to get their centre forward. If they're playing with one up front to actually score goals, mm. it's just the way that it seems to work at the moment. And when you've got Ronaldo, where his job is goals, um, it's it's really tough. I mean, it, it just works better with the two, doesn't it? But it's, a, it's to the detriment of the rest of, of the team if they do that, it seems. In terms of the development, the youth, obviously we've got loads of, I mean, on paper at least, Sancho, Rashford, you know, Greenwood, these people are really good wingers with, with a lot of potential. And then, obviously, if you play with two up front, you can't really play those guys. Um, yeah, we all know the problems. It's been repeated multiple yeah. times. Um, so it's tricky. But I think it's a similar thing throughout the, for the rest of the Premier League, to be honest. There's not many centre-forwards at the moment that are scoring goals and, you know, are like sort of the hub and are expected to score the goals and actually doing so. Most of the time, they're just decoys. It's just they're the people running around creating the space yeah. for the inverted wingers. And it's just a common theme throughout the whole of the Premier League. So it's really tough and it's reflected for FBL because there's just 
I mean, the more, more forwards scored this week, I think there was 12 in total, but I think last week it was like three and you know, just every forward you kind of tried to make a case for. It's extremely hard to do so at the moment. Yeah, well, we will try and make a case for some forwards a bit later when we look at some play data. It's, I mean, we did get goals from like Tony and Jimenez uh, this this week, which was which was better, but no, I completely agree. It's, you know, with, with so much, you know, shifting into defence and, the, you know, I mean, to get like, what, 35, 40 points again from defenders is is just absolutely crazy. I, I, you know, I can't remember a season where we've had this many good attacking defenders. But yeah, anyway, I I I, I used two free transfers to bring in Ronaldo. I wanted to captain against Watford. It's gone completely belly up. I've got to now probably move Ronaldo on for Kane, which I could have done in one move anyway and kept the two free transfers. So it's just a classic case of trying to be a bit too clever and, you know, not really getting the rewards. So average week for me, but, you know, still around 12K. So pretty happy let's take a look at yours you want to just run through your team for the podcast listeners and yeah, yeah sure they're saying, in the, they're saying in the chat by the way that you're loud and i'm quiet so i don't know if you can adjust that before you do it maybe um mine's on max from my end no basically <laughs> hang on i'll just try shouting then Does that work? i'll put you up to two decibels okay try that there you go yep go for it you want me to run through? Okay, so I had a greeting goal. I actually, uh, I took a, that was actually my only hit this week. I'm taking Sanchez out because I I don't have a, a playing four. So, you know, the old, it's classic, it's a minus two rather than a minus four. And he ended up getting three points. So it cost me one point to swap mm. in the end, um, which to be honest, I don't know from now until whenever the point we wildcard, which is the better pick from Sanchez and Guita. I just wanted to kind of differentiate a little bit. Mm. I, I expect it'll probably be close in points to be honest, but I mean, Mark's banging on about about it every week, isn't he? That Palace's defensive data is so good, despite them having quite bad fixtures. So it's kind of a punt that that will continue over the better fixtures and even be better. But we'll have to see on that one. Uh, I've got the classic back four of Chilwell, Trent, Cancelo and James, who obviously came through massive. I've had that four for, I don't know, maybe five weeks now. Um, They've really been dragging my team because everyone else has just been pretty much woeful, apart from Salah, obviously. (laughs) Livermento came in for one point. That's annoying because every time he's come in for everyone else, he gets massive Same. points. Same. Yeah. Because um, Rafinha decided not to turn up. And this was the other thing I was really debating and I put a tweet out. It was, um, I really wanted Jota and I could have taken a minus four to take Rafinha or Mbwemo out um, for Jota for minus four. I think that's just stupid. They've both got decent games. Um, you know, he's obviously going to have to score eight points or whatever, which is exactly what Jota got and the other guys get nothing. And of course, that's exactly what happened. So I would have been a transfer ahead and a couple of points up if I'd have done it. But again, I tried to be more sensible, trying to be restrained on the hits. Um, in the end, it didn't really work out this week, but there we go. Foden with the one pointer, uh, like I say, and Boma with two. Salah is 16 as captain. Kane with two, frustratingly. Antonio <laughs> with two. So yeah. Salah, the four big guys at the back and just a bunch of useless players as usual. <laughs> it's about sums it up. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be talking quite a bit about Chilwell. Uh, you've got him, uh, Mark's got him as well. Mark's already made his transfers and taking Chilwell out was not one of them. So we'll touch on that wow. as well. Yeah, interesting. Made some early moves. Looks like a bit of a bit of an error. Um, we talk about Kane as well. I mean, it's, it's hard to not talk about Kane and Son and the, uh, the Spurs wingbacks as well, given they've got the best fixtures of all teams going forward. I mean, it was a good second half, wasn't it, for Spurs? But the first half, mm. my God. I mean, Leeds were just all over them. They they offered absolutely nothing. It was just what we've come to expect from them. It's just, it's clearly going to take time, is it? Unfortunately, we didn't have the time because the good fixtures were now and this is the time to invest. And 
yeah, it's a leap of faith so that, that they're actually going to come good. Um, but maybe that will start increasing. We got 45 minutes of Spurs being pretty good. Hopefully next week we get 65. <laughs> you know, I know it's not exactly going to work like that, but you'd like to think the more he's there, the more he mm. can imprint on them and they start to get good because the bottom line is everyone knows Kane and Son are absolutely class and they've got good fixtures. So we just need it to happen before the fixtures turn away because yeah. you can already see it now. It will, they'll kind of like maybe get something in the next couple or a little bit and then we'll all move them out and then suddenly we'll probably kick them into gear and they'll start playing well when they've got really bad fixtures. Just yep. timing. Well, the second half, there was intent, right? There was actually intent to attack. The wing-backs were pushing forward. Kane was actually getting into the box, making some runs. I mean, he made run, one run where he looked like, he, he was like a, I don't know, it was like a Zim frame. You see, he was like kind of like hobbling towards <laughs> and just got tackled and taken out. I was like, oh my God, this is like a 150 million pound striker, is it? Just absolutely cleaned out by a, by a, by a defender. So there's it's obviously still work to be done, but there, there was definitely signs of, of improvement um, for Spurs. So yeah, I think I'm coming around to the idea of getting at least one into my team. Uh, well, he we had week. some shots. That's the difference. With Kane, he just... We all know he's good, but at the end of the day, it's he needs to have the shots. And there was a period of time where he was literally going through 90 minutes and having yeah. zero shots or one. And you can't really expect Kane to fashion his own chances. He does have the ability to obviously get the ball and if he's in the right area, shift it and then shoot. He's Obviously, he's one of the best shooters in world football. I think he is. But you have to try and create those chances for him. And I think always with Kane, if you don't shoot, you don't score, do you? And he had four shots in that game from when I looked at the stats. Mm. So that's at least a little bit more promising than the previous weeks. Like his data has just been really poor. But if he's going to hit four or five shots in a game, um, then you like to think that eventually one's going to go in yep. because generally he's pretty damn good at actually shooting. Yep, absolutely. Uh, people in the chat say this sounds good now. So it's a difference, you see. Now people say something and I can kind of work it out. So I've come a long way since the early days of Black Box. Uh, let's take a look at Mark's game week. So Mark was top of the pile with 76. Uh, greater in goal. He brought him in for Sanchez. Most boring move ever. Uh, Cancelo, Trent and Chilwell. Big in defence again. Uh, and then pretty similar um, to both of us, really. Salah Foden uh, and Bomo. Then he's got Son and Jota there as well, which is interesting. And then Tony Antonio up front. So yeah, Jota got the goal. For him, I mean, he linked up well with Salah, could have had a few more, but I mean, the goal was a gift, wasn't it? I mean, what is Tavares doing, doing a no-look pass into his own penalty area? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's nothing you can really do about that, but he's, he's obviously the main man right up top, isn't he? So mm. you're going to get a couple of them maybe in a season if you're lucky. Um, do you see his other chance where it was kind of, I think it was laid onto him by Salah, if I remember rightly, or mm. maybe Trent. It was someone I had, I thought. And then um, he kind of shot almost straight at the goal as the keeper was diving the other way. I don't know if you saw that chance. He mm. Basically, he could, have, he could have hit a brace in the game, but this is classic Jota. He often looks like he can hit a brace in, in any game, and that's why I want him. And obviously, eventually, it will happen. Um, I'm just glad it didn't happen this week because it would have yeah. compounded my my non-getting him <laughs> even more. So I could tolerate eight, but if it had been any more, I'd have been thoroughly depressed. Yeah, I agree. It's very frustrating though, isn't it? When you're worried about a player and like, you kind of see them as your biggest threat that week. Like mm. I, I just didn't want Jota to get anything. And like he's kind of snatching at chances a bit. He's missing chances, kind of going through the game, thinking, oh, I might get away with this. And then he just gets given a goal like like that. I mean, he still had to do well. I mean, it's sort of a good finish. You know, took it around the goalkeeper and, and finished well. But, oh, yeah, it is, there's something very frustrating about, about seeing that. But luckily, his ownership isn't too high. And yeah, like you say, eight points was tolerable. But yeah, Mark looks pretty decent going forward. I'll, I'll tell you all his moves um, at the end of this. Uh, he's moved for a certain someone that he hasn't got, which... I think most of you would have guessed who he who he's coveting, but yeah, it's very interesting that he hasn't got rid of Chilwell. 
given that it looks like he's going to be out for a while. Um, great in the goods. So I'm still top despite my rank change of minus 3K. Tom Stevenson's catching me up. Uh, he's 16K now. He's about five points behind me. Zof is catching me up as well. Uh, he's just 19 points behind me too. Mark is third from bottom. Really not good. Despite a nearly a 50K rank rise, uh, he's ahead of just Fabio, who is having an awful season by his standards. Um, and Yavers is bottom as well, um, although had a 56K uh, rank rise. So he'll be pretty happy. Salah captains across the board, except for myself and Magnus, who went for Kane. Magnus has gone pretty risky with his some of his picks and I love it. Uh, That's classic Magnus, that is. <laughs> classic Magnus, but yeah, minus 61k for him. He's at 138,000. Uh, Luke, you're on, uh, you're at 157k. You're ahead of Mark, which is good. You're, you'd be about four from bottom <laughs> in the great and the goods. Uh, you went for seller as well. Uh, you took a minus four. I mean, looking at the hits um, table, it's very telling. Uh, you've taken 24 points worth of hits, which is double <laughs> uh, the next biggest in the league. So you're a boring bunch. Then, yeah. <laughs> well, Andy, Andy has taken a minus 12 this season. I thought, oh, that's quite a lot for him. Normally he hasn't taken that many hits. Have you taken minus 24? Why have you taken so many hits again? To be honest, I've actually tried to cut them down this year. That doesn't tell that story, does it? Um, no, I honestly, genuinely have had really bad luck with injuries in the first few weeks. I know there's a few people that went on the whole Bam. Was it Calvert Lewin to Bamford? Like that was two in two weeks, pretty much. I've my wild card was the main issue. I did my wild card. I think game week three or something. In fact, I might as well try and bring it up. And I just got it wrong, and mm. and I had I had to fix it. Um, and the funny thing is, the weeks where I was doing the, hit, doing the hits, I actually jumped up massively in rank um, because I got the right people in. So they actually worked out to me. If I hadn't taken the hits, I would be in a far worse position. I, I do know that for a fact. Um, my game week four wildcard team had Ferran Torres, who obviously was a failure instantly from then. It had Triore, for God's mm-hmm. sake. I had Digne, who I went instead of Rudiger, and he got a he got an own goal rather yep. than Rudiger score, if you remember that. And I basically did it for Jota at the time, who failed to not score, I think, at that point. I think he was kind of nailed for three games there as well, and he didn't really do anything. Um, I had Lukaku, who was good that week, and then he was awful. So I, And then he, he got injured as well himself. Uh, Adam Armstrong was another person I got, suddenly dropped out of the team randomly. I don't think anyone saw that coming. You know, there was just... <laughs> I think there was a little bit of bad luck there. I don't just think it was me being dreadful. So... I had to fix it. The hits actually really helped. Like I say, I got on that back four um, really early and um, they've done me well. It's just the rest of the team that's kind of let me down since. Um, my, 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 the only reason why I'm not closer to you is I didn't have Salah captain against Man United. I went for Chilwell, who got a clean sheet and a goal, 12 points, I think it was, in the end or something, um, to 24. Absolutely buzzing. And then obviously Salah goes and yeah. gets a hat-trick. So if I add on that, what's that, 20 points difference, I think it was in the end or something like that, close up, maybe it was a little bit less than that. But obviously if I add that onto my score, I'm a lot higher. So it's the whole the whole Salah thing and trying to be a bit maverick with the captains that obviously, even though it worked, it didn't work in that mm. week because of what Salah can do. So yeah, I've done a Magnus essentially in that week and it didn't work for me. And I think Magnus <laughs> is down with me as well. So yeah. It's, hard to, it's hard to judge hits, isn't it? Because it's very easy to say, I don't want to take any hits this season, but like if, if your players are doing well, or you don't need to take hits, like it's clearly like, you're not going to get rid of players who are performing well for a hit. But if all your players are injured and not performing well, you have to take it's self-serving. hits. It's, it's, it's self-serving, isn't it? If your team's coasting, doing very well, and you're not getting injuries, then yeah, you don't need to take hits. But 
Um, sometimes if your players are just randomly getting dropped, you're getting injuries, then if you just sit there and make them one transfer and have 10 players a week and players you're not happy with, you're more likely to go even worse, I think. Mm. You know, as long as you identify the right people and get there early, it can work. And it has worked for me. Um, but obviously, you have to get the players right. I mean, I when I got Chilwell and James in, they weren't actually nailed on. Um, and it could have backfired. Alonso could have taken his place back. James might not have played. And it would have looked very, very silly. Um, luckily, they became yeah. the two best players in the world. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, it'd be very interesting to talk to Fabio about his his kind of season because he's taken no hits at all. So he's he's staying true to like players that he's brought in and, and trying to remain patient, which is obviously a tactic that he's adopted and to great success, given that he's the best manager of all time. But mm. I mean, his team value is at 102.2, which is now the lowest. Oh no, Niels is the lowest, but he's you know one of the lowest in, in the league. Like he's 2 million off, off me, for example, team value-wise. Um, he's, I think he's been trying to be a bit different on his, on his captain picks because he's only got 200 points from his captain. Um, you know, like Mark, for example, I think is top. He's got 240. So Mark's basically just gone for Salah every week and I think maybe an Antonio. And it's, you know, that's 40 points over Fabio on captain, which is quite mm. a lot, really. You think, well, I'm, I'm about, what, 50 points ahead of you? It's, it's significant, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, you could argue that, for example, would Reese James get like a 21-pointer recently? Mm. You know, there are other ways you could obviously make that back up. But if you get that whole combination of you've done everything right, then we're suddenly talking, you've got Reese James for his 21-pointer. Maybe you had Foden for his 19-pointer and you've got the 40-point Salah. This is how you're making such massive you know, differences on other people, despite mm. having a very, very close team. Like might only be one player different and yeah, one yeah. captain decision different and suddenly you're like 60 points. So... It's tricky as ever. You've just you've got to have that little bit of luck as well to go with the the smart play, even when it's your play's quite aligned. Yeah, I've got a um, there's there's a video coming up for Fancy Scout uh, tomorrow. I, I had a chat with the world number five, and it's quite interesting talking to him because it's very different diff, different to the one I did with Focal last week, who's quite conservative, quite you know played the game very sensibly. This kind of optimal strategy that we talked about last season as being difficult to play that and get into the top kind of. 10 because you kind of need that extra element of luck and um this guy tabs i was talking to he's you'll love him he's like the biggest yo-yo manager like you could talk to he's like 40k one season he's 400k the next he's down to 8k the next season he's back up to 600k like he's you know just completely like all over the place but you know he's either going to win it or he's going to finish like 5k or something at this stage being fifth but He's not going to change his, his stance and what he wants to do is he wants to attack fixtures he wants to double triple up on teams um, but you look at the way he plays and he's not, he's not making crazy calls. He's not captaining like Reese James and, and, you know, Rafina and these guys, he's staying pretty consistent with the captaincy picks, but he's just using that little bit of difference to bring in two or three players. So at the moment, he's the only person in the top 10 to have two Spurs players because he's banking on those fixtures for Spurs leading to points. And then he's got a player that's different to everyone else. So right. Yeah, looking yeah. out for that. Sorry. I love that because, yeah, um, obviously it hasn't particularly worked out so far, but he's, I mean, without speaking to him, he's clearly looked at Spurs' fixtures, saw Conte, likes his wing-backs, they've been good in the past, and he's thought, I'm going to get them both in mm. and hope it works. And, you know, sometimes it will fail, sometimes it won't. But obviously when it does, he's the only one winning and the other nine are losing. So, yeah, it's it's basically all or nothing play. So I can get behind that. I do yep. like that. It's a bit of you, in it? That's a bit of you. Uh, right, let's have a look at some stats. Mark will be pleased. We were going to make this a less statsy episode. It is definitely a bit less statsy, so we can chat a bit more, but I've got some in. They're quite, it's quite addictive when you start going into these tables and looking in the members area of Scout and, you know, looking at different comparisons and, and things. I can, 
yeah, I can see why Mark gets gets bogged well, down by. That's kind of supposed to be our our job and our interest as content creators and fans, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to do it occasionally. It is. Yeah. Well, when you when you actually really get into it, and you start looking at some of these players. You think, God, have you really got this low like expected goal involvement? Have you not had a shot for? I mean, Bruno Fernandez not had a shot for twelve weeks. You see that? Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And you think last year it was like a surprise if he blanked. First game week of the season. I mean, we had that was it, wasn't it? In in pre-season, we were talking about it. And I was like, no, Fernandez is mm. essential. You can have a good yeah. season. I was vindicated on the first week. And then after that, it's just been... It just shows nothing. you. And I can still remember those tweets now after game week one. You went without Bruno. Like, you deserve this. This is what you get. <laughs> All this sort of stuff as usual. And yeah, luckily, I, oh, I actually went for him only because Simicast was in the game at that point. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, Ronaldo's changed the picture a little bit there. But I genuinely stand by what I said at the beginning of that season that Man United don't have God's gift to penalties they'll come down naturally anyway and Bruno you were talking earlier about sometimes people are just gifted goals Bruno was the master of that yep. of over the last few years he's just been gifted goals and assists left right and centre I'm not saying he's not great and I'm not saying he's not a great pick but his overperformance level seemed ridiculous you'd like watch a game and you get an assist without even touching the ball and stuff mm. it was mad so in the end it all comes back and um, I'm sure now it's gone too far the other way and obviously he'll start to be a, a decent option again but no shots in like so many weeks is thoroughly depressing but especially he, when Man United have needed to score like every game desperately because they've been losing and stuff absolutely I mean he changed the game yesterday when he came on uh, you he know, did Carrick, Carrick brought him on for that match and you know United were a completely different team Sancho scored a goal maybe he can become an option for us I, I just don't know I don't know if I mean I saw a, I saw that meme today you know from uh, Ted where he goes to get that he goes for that job he doesn't want and he sits down and they say, oh, uh, you've got the job. And he's like, damn, <laughs> that's just going to be Carrick, isn't it? He's going to sit down, they're going to offer him the job, interim of an interim. And he'd be like, oh, I don't want this. <laughs> this is awful. That's <laughs> nah, a poison chalice, that it is. It sure is. Yeah. But yeah, mm. we'll see. Um, yeah, so looking at team defence over the season, uh, City are still top. Uh, Chelsea in second. Uh, Wolves and Brighton, third and fourth. And Palace in fifth, like Mark mentions every week. And then Liverpool down in sixth. Down the bottom, though, it's quite interesting. You've got Norwich, you've got Burnley, 19th, 20th. Uh, 17th, you've got Newcastle. But sandwiched in between them, you've got Arsenal, 18th. Mm. So, you know, we're looking at, at Ramsdale and thinking, you know, he's, he's a great option. But the, the stats say they are, they are conceding a chance every 54.8 minutes. Um, I mean, you compare that to City, which is every 155 minutes, which is just absolutely outrageous. If you look at Arsenal over the last four, this seems to be where they're really letting themselves down because they're, they're 18th on the list, a chance every 51 minutes. I mean, United, think about any chances they're conceding. They're every 49 minutes. Bottom of the list, though, for the last four, Everton. Did you make of that? Yeah, they've, they've been shocking, haven't they? I think with the Arsenal one, obviously they lost 4-0 to Liverpool the other day and Liverpool battered them. So I imagine that mm. obviously takes a big effect when you're only looking at four games. But well, yeah, even, over the, even over the season, 18th. Overall. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, they had a really poor start. I mean, this is why I didn't go to... I mean, I had the option to go to Ramsdale, right? I had um, Sanchez and I, I could have just left him in, but I decided to go to Guita because I just thought, well, I'm going to trust the numbers. I'm trying to do that a little bit more, trying to say, well, I'm going to trust the data even more. And despite Ramsdale, I still think he's a good option because of the saves and obviously the fact he even got bonus the other day, didn't he, with like one save and stuff. So there's... Mm kind of like the Martinez effect or whatever, where they just keep some keepers have got God's gift to bonus. And I decided to go Guita basically because I don't, I didn't think Arsenal's defence was all that. And just watching the games, it's like the other day Ramsdale put in loads of, was it, it might have even been the Liverpool game, I can't remember now, but the, the first half, he made lots of really, really good stops. Um, 
And I'm not saying he should have done better because I think there's not much he could have done. But every time he did stop the ball, I did notice he kind of flapped it directly out in front of him and he just got a little bit lucky that the person didn't take advantage. Like I say, I don't know if there's anything more he could have done with it, but it didn't fill me with confidence that they were const- mm. he was constantly having to do that. And I think they got a little bit lucky. And then obviously in the end, if it was the Liverpool game, I think it must have been that I was watching. Um, obviously they got battered 4-0 in the end anyway, so it came through. But I'm not saying it's a bad option, but when, the, when you look at, those, look at that data, it doesn't fill you with confidence, does it? No, it really doesn't. I mean, he made two good saves in that game. He had one which kind of came to him and he managed to just palm it. He palmed it into the middle, but there was nothing else he could have done. The fact he yeah. actually managed to get down and get a hand mm. on it was quite impressive. Then he had one exactly. which he kind of scooped over the bar. You could argue some of the other ones, so he, he actually should have done better with. I were, think the goal, the first one, yeah. was kind of a little bit at him. And uh, he's a good keeper. Any, anyone can have a bad day or whatever, but it, you know the keeper isn't just the sole reason for the defence. And... It just looked a little bit iffy. I, obviously, like I say, the last four is going to be affected by that Liverpool game. But when you look at that across the whole season as well, to be that far down, um, it's a they've got good games. They're in a good run mm. now, as right, and they play Newcastle this week. So normally, I mean, certainly before the manager gets sacked, you'd think, well, there's a very good chance of a clean sheet here. But Eddie Howe seems to be like all out attack. So I don't know how confident you could even be for that one. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the other teams I want to mention here are, are Brentford. So Brentford are down to thirteenth. Um, obviously, they started the season so strongly with their defensive numbers. Teams were barely creating chances against them. Uh, Wolves have managed to kind of maintain that. They were one of the other kind of surprising surprising ones. Um, they're still right up there in third in team defence. Brentford's have been down to eighth overall for the season. Um, I mean, Raya out has been a pretty big loss for them. What, what are you doing with your Brentford boys? You've, you've got Mbomo. You've, have you got Tony? I can't remember if you had him. <laughs> I had Tony. Um, I, I sold him for Kane this week, which went really well. Obviously, Tony finally scores and Kane doesn't. Uh, I've still got Mbomo. I've had him oh, for weeks and weeks now. Um, it, it, he's just been incredibly frustrating, isn't? Hasn't he? Um, he's looked like he could score in every game. He's obviously hit the post. We all know, like seven times or whatever it is, and hit post again, um, again oh, no. at, the, at the weekend. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. Um, I don't know. He's still got obviously a decent game versus Everton. I don't see any massive need to move him on, but then they seem to switch to this sort of new system with Tony more up front and Mbemo more on the right. Um, that would be Sod's law that he probably goes and scores or assists now he's on more on the right-hand side. Yeah. But um, the major appeal of him was obviously that he was he was almost the centre-forward because Tony was dropping deep and you like to think that he might actually be able to score some goals. Now, I'm sure he will if he continues to start in the team, but... Um, the problem he's got really, I think, is that Gallagher's six million and he just looks a far better mm. pick and they've got they've got really good I think Palace have still got pretty good fixtures for quite a while now, whereas Brentford's take a little bit of a turn eventually. So I think if if it was a toss up between the two, that Gallagher's just Yeah a way better option personally. You can argue Smith Rowe as well, right? I mean I don't personally like him that much, but I think he probably still is slightly. Yeah. I mean the 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 player who is doing well in the defence is Rico Henry who was someone that I was going to bring in on my wild card ages ago, and I went for Shane Duffy instead. Uh, I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse, because he probably would have been on my bench for his goals. But, you know, these kind of wingbacks, again, it's, it's nice to see that we've got this kind of 4.5 option emerging, I guess, in case, in case we need it. Because if we are going to be potentially shifting to more premium options, with Lukaku back, Ronaldo, Kane, Son, there might come a time when we're looking to de-invest in our defence. But... It's going to be hard to sell Trent Cancelo or James, isn't it? Yeah. And again, I go back to the very beginning first episode we did pre-season where we sat down and I said, look, 
the Chelsea fullbacks and Cancelo, really the issue was nailedness, right? That was the only thing really holding them back. We all kind of knew that if they were to get the game time at that price, um, they're in defences which arguably will get more clean sheets than even Liverpool, and especially when you compare to Trent and stuff. Um, and now they're getting the game time. Uh, it's just a no-brainer. Mm. I mean, yeah, they're going to end up somewhere between 15 and 20 clean sheets, probably, maybe more if they get lucky. And they seem to be responsible. I mean, Cancelo is literally the playmaker for for Man City now. Um, you know, Kevin De Bruyne's had uh, had some issues and stuff, and and even when he's fully fit, it's not not 100 nailed in the team necessarily anymore, especially around Champions League. Um, and Chilwell and James, I, mean, I don't think anyone could argue that they're the main creators in the team, or at least in an advanced enough position where they can score and stuff. So. Mm. Yeah, it's just silly. I don't see any reason why they won't continue. I mean, it's literally going to be injuries, like it's happened to Chilwell now, um, that's going to stop. I mean, can you see any argument to ever remove? I mean, even if they went on a run, for example, of like four or five games of no clean sheets, they didn't look particularly good. Would anyone even be tempted to move them on? I'm not sure they would, because as long as they're starting games, no, um, you just keep the faith, wouldn't you? Yeah, we're getting a bit lagged, apparently. Um, the chat's saying there's lag. I have absolutely no idea why. Everything looking fine for me. Uh, let me have a quick uh, apparently we've turned into robots Luke interesting <clears throat> I mean I don't know why that would happen because I've got nothing else on it's not coming from your computer that's made of potatoes <laughs> <laughs> no I mean if one, I'm a, I literally got ultra fast sky broadband installed yeah. day, 500 megabytes so it can't, can't no, be maybe you should be hosting I'm on I'm on BT which is adequate uh, everything okay now? I don't know. I don't really know what else I can, what else I can do because I don't have any control over this. If it's still lagging, we might have to sort of quit and restart. Have you got anything like downloading in the background? I have not. Nope. No. The, the, the computer, the police that you can put PC away, did they? Not allowed that anymore. <laughs> no comment. <Your> Honor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me just check apparently the audio is fine it's just the video oh we might have to restart Streamlabs or whatever but I don't know if that cut. I mean I don't know enough whether that cuts the yeah it would YouTube or whatever we just have to re- kind of restart everything uh, I mean it's completely fine I'm on YouTube it looks completely fine Big video lag. I don't know what everyone's talking about. It looks completely fine to me. No, sorry guys. I'm going to carry on because it looks fine. It says you are good now, some people are saying. you can hear us. I mean, I just went on YouTube and it wasn't lagging at all. So I don't know what everyone's talking about. I mean, I'm sure not everyone can be lying. That would be quite a, you know, impressive, like choreographed uh, thing. But if you can, as long as you can hear us, then it's fine. I'm just going to carry on. I'll explain what we're looking at anyway. Um, now it's perfect. Literally haven't done anything. Literally haven't changed a setting. It's got DDoS attacked. Yeah. Don't, don't know what it was. Uh, so yeah, I'm just going to carry on anyway. If you only get audio, I'm afraid you only get audio. Um, right. Two other teams I want to mention before we move off team data is Spurs. So Spurs look like they're improving defensively uh, under Conte, which is good. They're up to seventh uh, for the last four. Uh, they were right down there, you know, kind of a couple of weeks ago. It does look like he's improving things uh, a little bit at the back, he's getting, you know, obviously getting the wing backs 
into it. But I mean, considering he hasn't got Romero as well, and Ben Davies is playing at this like left centre back. Is that, do you think that's what we're going to see first from Conte is getting that defence sorted before we start seeing loads and loads of goals? Or do you think it's kind of a case of get everything at once? I think he's he's going to have to focus on both, isn't he? I mean, usually the top managers always say straight away that we're going to try and solidify and make us hard to beat and then we're going to work from there. But did, you don't really have the time. Um, with Romero out, I think that's going to be a big problem. But the other thing over those last four, obviously two of them were under the old manager, I think. So... Um, we won't even have four from him from the Premier League anyway until he's played the next two. So mm. it's, it's again, it's just the fixtures thing, isn't it? We're doing it for the fixtures. We, we hope it's working, but anyone who can say for sure and sit here like they're going to suddenly be defensively sound or not, we just don't have enough to work on to, to say either way, really. Um, just have to hope that it works out. But yeah, Romero being out, I think that's a big loss because they were already struggling, weren't they, for three centre-backs with him in the team considering Dyer's still playing and stuff like that. So it's um, it's not going to help, put it that way. I think that's going to be first priority for for Conte in, in the transfer window in January, just getting a centre-back in. Anyone, <laughs> anyone they can get. It's, it's such a hard position to try and fill because you, you want to get, you know, he wants a first-team centre-back, ideally, but mm. to try and buy one sort of halfway through a season when teams don't want to be giving up their, you know, their best players like that. I mean, is, is Levy going to sp- spend 40, 50 million getting an absolute top centre-back for him to I come in? I suppose he's going to have to, I think, because Conte will... Yeah, he won't be happy, will he? And he'll walk eventually. They're going to have to do something there. Um, and it does have a big knock-on effect, I think. I know, obviously, they're not directly responsible for the attack, but you, I mean, you only have to look at like Van Dijk, for example, and it, it just it improves Liverpool's attack as well because, obviously, his, his passing out from the back is fantastic. The confidence, you can step up maybe five five yards further up the pitch. You know, it has a big knock-on effect, I think. So they do need to get that ball-playing centre-back, and he's always had one. Mm. Um, and Romero... You know, he's, he kind of could do that, but it's not really as well. I think they need to go out and try and find a, a ball-winning centre, a ball-playing centre-back, sorry, um, which is really tough to find. I mean, they're, they're, they're a struggle. Arsenal had to pay, like, what was it, 50, 60 million for Ben White, and he, they were obviously getting absolutely yep. chastised for doing that because he came from from Brighton. But, you know, he is essentially a ball-playing centre-back, and they cost a lot of money, and they're hard to find. So, mm. good luck. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. We're talking to Ben White, well, ex, ex-Brighton player. Brighton seemed to be slipping um, a bit. I mean, we're going to look at some pretty alarming attacking stats in a second. Um, but defensively as well, I mean, just they're not not the kind of the solid rocks that they were kind of at the start of the season. Uh, my dad was absolutely livid with Potter's decision to take off both Cucurella and Lamptey in a game which was sort of quite delicately poised, really. It looked like both teams were going to cancel them out. He did a kind of a double switch. Lamptey and, and Kukurello causing them problems all day. And, you know, suddenly, you know, you, you bring Mopay on, so you change system. You bring March on, who's been bang out of form uh, for most of the season anyway. And then Villa go and score two goals. So he does do this from time to time, Potter. He does love to kind of overcomplicate things and, and tweak things. And it's not mm. always... I mean, I can understand why. I mean, Kukurello's on the yellow. Lamptey's obviously been managed back because of fitness. But, yeah, there's like 10 minutes to go and you're making a double switch like that. It's, it's pretty disruptive. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you just have to, we're, like you say, we're just not involved and in that might have been pre-pramp with Lamptey. And, but either way, you dress it up. You you would want those two people on the pitch if you want to score goals because they look yeah. very, very good for creating them. And it's just, just a little bit of pep about Potter, isn't there? I think sometimes he likes to go a little bit too far. Prove and, how um, clever and flexible he is in his, you know, in his formations and attack. And, yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair to him, at least it's his job to try and tactically win the match. And if he felt like he could change something and, and it make it work, at least he does something because there's plenty of managers who just keep it exactly mm. how it is. But obviously when it doesn't work, you suddenly look like a bit of an idiot. So he's got to <laughs> take that on the chin. <laughs> yeah. I think, he, I think he did as well, to be fair. I think he did kind of say he got it wrong and, you know, just one of those things and he kind of owns up to it. So mm. yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's take a look at team data attack then. Uh, so over the season, no surprise, Liverpool were top. Wait, I mean, 37.2 minutes per expected goal, non-penalty um, is clear of City, 44.7, clear of Chelsea, Crazy. 53.1. Like, the, the, you know, they're creating a chance every 4.7 minutes, uh, 22.5 minutes for every big chance. I mean, you know, they can, you know, they can score four or five goals literally any game they play this season. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, I mean, Jota's someone neither of us have got. He got the knock on the knee, but he trained yesterday. He hasn't played today. I think it's probably going to be fine for the weekend and, and going mm. forward. What kind of priority are you, are you putting him on? He's got to be pretty high up your list. Well, yeah, like I say, I was so close to doing the minus four last week. Um, he, he'll be coming in this week for me, almost certainly. Um, even if I have to take another hit, um, I'll be getting him in because it's right there. I mean, they're just so clear, clearly the best attack that I think... We were just not gaining anything, are we? With Trent Alexander no. and Salah captain, you're not making anything out of it. And uh, to get Jota, or I think, I mean, you can still argue Mane if you want to go down that route. I think getting one of those guys should really be top priority for all of us, um, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, when Firmino comes back, it's going to muddy the waters a little bit. And then there's the argument of, do you want to spend 12 million on Mane when you're not going to captain him? I do understand that. But we're not really left with any other options. The only other one I could think of would be Robertson if he's fit. Um, but he hasn't been particularly good this season, but obviously he's been arguably, you know, the, certainly in the top three best mm. left backs in the world for like the last three years. So you, if you, if you were to bet, you'd probably put a bet on Robertson actually start to perform a little bit better, but that unfortunately there's no other players you could really pick is there in terms of trying to target their attack. It's, it's the, it's the fullbacks and, and the front three, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so one of them um, would have to come in and obviously with the other defenders available, um, you're not really going to get Robertson at this point. So it pretty no. much narrows it down to Jota for me, unless you want to spend that extra money on Mane. I mean, I mean, Robertson has massively tailed off, hasn't he? I mean, last year he was he was matching, even outscoring Trent for half, mm. you know, two thirds of the season. And it's not even a debate this year. It's no, he's not even factoring into anyone. I mean, he's he's just so, he's just not getting anything. He's not getting any attacking yeah. returns whatsoever. What do you reckon is going on there? I don't know. I think, Robertson was such a machine that there's only so long the body can take it, maybe. Mm. I mean, it could just be a natural dip. This happens, right? You have variants. You have the fact that Robertson could just go on a little bit of a dip and come back. There's, there's actually no players in world football who just continuously ridiculous, aside from Messi and Ronaldo. Like, everyone else does mm. have dips. Like, other humans do actually well, dip. Well, did. Trent did last season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Robertson, I mean, he played through injury a lot of the time, played through pain, that cl- classic Scottish... <laughs> attitude of just you know no, no matter what he's up and down like anything you know at times he was carrying Liverpool when they were really mm. bad last season um, and if you're doing that relentlessly for like three four years you're entitled to have a bit of an off period I think and when I say off period I don't think it's that bad it's just that it's coupled with the fact that Simicast has actually looked really good when he's played as well so um, I think a lot of the fans have been calling for Simicast to start ahead of him, but he deserves a rest, doesn't he? But it doesn't really help mm. us for FPL. I'm sure he will come back firing. I can't. I don't expect he's just completely tailed off. It's not like he's towards the end of his career or he's had some sort of... I mean, maybe he's got an injury we don't know about. He's carrying some sort of knock that sometimes comes out, but um, I certainly haven't heard 
anything particular. I know, I know he's injured sort of at the moment, but you know mm. what I mean? Like a long no, yeah, term. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you'd have to expect he'll, he'll start, he'll start firing, but in terms of FPL, unless you go in bat five, um, it'd be hard to even fit him in. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, the injury, I mean, you look at him compared to like Kane, for example, I mean, it's, we're all backing on Kane and, and Son to start, you know, living up to past seasons. And I guess that's kind of the same with Robertson, but you're just not going to go there because, I mean, the only reason Kane is really getting a, much of a look in is just because all the other strikers are so poor. Like I think I, I said to you in that WhatsApp, didn't I? It's basically a risk-free punt because yeah. no one else is really doing anything. So you're just pretty much taking a punt on the fixtures. Yeah. Hasn't really worked so far, but the lucky thing is no one else has really punished us. Yeah. Well, Spurs are improving in attack. They're up from, you know, 17th um, for the season. They're up to sort of 13th. Not a huge, massive thing, but it's only been two games. Uh, although one of them has been Everton uh, and the other one has been Leeds. So you'd expect them to, to create chances. So you, you, you know, with, with good fixtures, if we don't see Spurs heading up to the top of this sort of last four, uh, you know, for attacking stats is going to be a bit concerning. I mean, the biggest drop off here though is Brighton. I mean, 19th for the season now, Brighton. Only, only Norwich. Uh, have a have a lower minutes per XG on penalty. It's really really poor. I mean, Mopey's out of the team. Trossard's playing kind of false nine. There's you know there's options. There's Lamptey back now. There's there's Cucurella, but mm. we're just finding it so hard to to make things happen. Isn't like, this a complete reverse where Brighton were the XG champions? Oh yeah, yeah. It's very hard <laughs> to explain actually because they've got if anything a better team yeah. with with Cucurella now and then Lamptey actually being back. Previously, they'd generate all the XG in the world and, and obviously not really yeah. come through on it. And now they're not able to generate it, but then somehow managing to kind of score <laughs> yes, or keeping games. I know. I mean, it was explainable last season. I mean, you had Pascal Gross creating chances, Trossard, you know, creating yeah. and ev- everything like looking looking good and then just no one to finish it, right? But this season, we've got no one to finish it, but we're still scoring goals and like you say, more creativity, you'd say. So it's it's a complete reversal. It's kind of the life of a of a Brighton fan. You can never really quite explain what, what's happening. But you know, we've we've dropping defensive numbers over the last four games and being kind of right now the bottom for attack. I mean we were we were top four a few weeks ago. Now we're mid table. Now we're almost likely to get sucked into a relegation battle if we can't kind of pull our finger out and actually start start winning some games. It's it's a pretty big Christmas for us, I think. If we come out of Christmas and we're, you know, sort of thirteenth, fourteenth I think we could we could end up, you know, fighting alongside Newcastle and Burnley in that line. No, surely not. I mean they kinda did last season, I suppose, but I mean you have played Man City and Liverpool in the last two in the mm. last four. Let's not forget that. They're obviously far and away the two best teams in the league on data, so that that's not yeah. gonna help. But, but again, it's a I season data. Not, I mean nineteenth over the last four, but nineteenth overall for the season. Yeah. Can't can't explain that one. Yeah. I mean, Basuma has been out for a while. I think he's he was important yeah. missing him. You had injuries at the back, but this Brighton seem to always get these injuries and little issues as well. I mean, Lamptey's obviously been the poster boy for this for a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the only team not not creating a kind of a, a an expected goal is Norwich. Uh, they're they're rooted with with twenty of this season. I mean, Dean Smith obviously got a big win um, at the weekend. It's a hell of a job for him, though isn't it? I mean, going forward, do you think we're going to see, I mean, what was interesting was he bought Cantwell in, he bought uh, Gilmore in, arguably Norwich's two best players who've been out of the, completely out of the cold um, under previous management. Is it just a case of just something so simple like that can completely like reinvigorate them? Do you think Norwich have a chance now? Um, I don't think they've, they've probably not got a chance, have they? But it would be nice to think that they have. Um, I mean, 
bring in Campwell and Gilmore and it feels like almost if me and you were to go in as manager or anyone else, that's exactly what we would have done as well. Yeah, I, I mean, we don't know what's it. going Yeah, I mean, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes at the end of the day. Maybe Gilmore's not putting in the effort in training. Maybe Campwell's throwing his toy. You just don't know, do you? And then the new manager comes in and everyone's got a clean slate. It's always that approach, isn't it? And they throw them in. And maybe after a few weeks, he finds out that they are problems and he has to do something about it. Who knows? But I would, you would expect those two players to be in their team. I mean, it's not like they're blessed with such a good team that they can afford to leave these kind of guys out. I mean, Gilmore's, I mean, everything that we've seen from Chelsea and even from Scotland shows that he is a really, really good player with a lot of potential. And I know he's quite slight and you know, when you're, when you're getting dominated in games, you could argue, do, do you want that kind of player? But Norwich have always tried to at least keep the ball a bit and yeah. pass it around. And it's just, it's just, it's very strange. Um, I think they'll probably be better because how can you be, how can you continuously be that bad? I think if they were, they'd be the worst team in Premier League history. Yeah. I don't think they're actually that bad man to man when you look at their team. But I think they were worse in previous seasons, man to man anyway. So yeah, I think that it's only natural they'll probably improve a little bit, but will it be enough to save them? No, probably, I mean, I, th- I think, I think they've got options. Like I looked at them a few seasons ago and thought they were, they were just obviously doomed. I think they're going to really struggle to get out of it, but I think the last two games we've seen players kind of coming through. Um, I can't remember his name. Who's, who's a 4.5 mid uh, who they've got as well, who looks sort of... Or Norman. Half, Norman. He looks half decent as mm. well. You know, Brandon Williams is a good player. You don't sort of play, you know, games for United. Well, <laughs> you didn't used to play games for United. Steady. And <laughs> be, be a poor player, but I imagine he's going to come back into the side now. You know, when you've got Williams, you've got Pukki, international player. Um, you know, you've got Cantwell, you've got Gilmore, who's, you know, Chelsea regard him so highly. Gilmore he's mm. you know and he's the future of you know well, present and future of, of Scottish football they've got like internationally recognised decent players who yeah it'd be nice to see them putting up a bit of a fight and you know trying to get out of the uh, otherwise they're just going to be down again and probably yo-yo back up next season and the cycle repeats itself so yeah I think um, Norman is, is my pick for the 4.5s anyway if I was you know going to be downgrading someone he looks a decent player. He's, he's yeah. probably been the only one who's been performing pretty well um, before they changed manager as well. So you, they do say um, sometimes, you know, when, when the team's that bad and the person, there is a still a player still performing, it's a good judge of character. So maybe he, you know, he's got something there. He looks decent. So yeah, I, I couldn't really argue with that. I've actually got Gilmore. So hmm. I was chuffed that he came back in and almost played like a, a, a more advanced role as well. So I think, yeah, I think he, arguably could be the 4.5 to go to because he does take set pieces as well but it's only been one game so yep. you know yeah I think I think between Gilmore and Norman you, we've got our kind of 4.5 option pretty so he's better than a Brownhill let's, let's put it that way um, yeah. the other Tim I want to mention here is Villa so Villa are 18th over the season for attack uh, minute 97.2 per expected goal non-penalty Gerrard's in two goals against Brighton very very late as mentioned I think more because of Brighton's uh, tactical incompetence towards the end of the game, but still two goals. They've got Ings back. Brendia was in a, a new role. They've got Bailey, had Bailey on the bench, getting some players back. Gerard plays this kind of like, I think what's what's been letting Villa down is not really having a clear idea of what system they want to use. Mm. You know, switching to 3-5-2 when they've, they've predominantly played, you know, 4-3-3 in the past. Do you think Gerard's going to shake this up now? Are you, are you considering any Villa players or do you want to see a bit more? Um, I'm not considering right now. I mean, I love Ollie Watkins. I think he's great. And I think in pre-season, 
I think a lot of us, pretty, especially with Villa's first three games and before they signed Ings, everyone kind of had Ollie Watkins down as I'll have keeping for them and arguably maybe like a almost a season keeper that you could just leave in. Um, and it didn't work out that way. Uh, I still like him. I'm not sure if he's going to play off the left, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a, he's a bad pick. Because, mm. um, I mean, like I've said numerous times now, the, the players that play in the inverted wing spots almost seem to get the majority of the goals these days. So if he's going to play in that system, fine. Um, and, and it's not like we're blessed with forwards. So I think you could, it's almost again, like the Kane thing, you could take a free punt and just get Watkins in um, mm. and try and be ahead of the crowd. I, I wouldn't tell anyone not to do that, but I don't think the fixtures or the performances so far warrant it. And it's only been one game under Stevie Gerrard, hasn't it? So yep. it seems a little, a little bit um, hasty to do so. But again, then when you look at their sort of first 11 and all their players, they should be doing much better, shouldn't they? Because they have got some good players across their team. I mean, there's, there's a few suspect ones, but McGinn's a good player. You know, when, Wendy, he's never really done it in the Premier League, but I do think he's a very, very classy player. Mm. They just need to work out how to use him. Obviously, Ings is a proven goal scorer, but it's that whole trying to get Ings and Watkins to play in the same team just seems to be pretty damn tricky. Um, you know, and they played Bailey. There was that, I can't remember who it was against now, a couple of weeks ago when they played, and it was at Undersmith, when they played Bailey on the wing and he just got, torn apart I think it was like the first game he mm. started and they just didn't have any protection there so trying to fit these players in is tough um, yeah dro- he even dropped the captain obviously in Mings as well didn't he so there were some other things going on there but I think when you've got Martinez as well he's arguably you know still in the top two or three keepers in the, in the league um, but they've got they've got good players they should be fine and yeah. I'm sure they will work it out eventually I, I think they're Stevie said didn't he straight away we're going to try and stop conceding goals and be efficient so you know it doesn't you can say whatever you want. Doesn't mean it's necessarily going to go that way. But <laughs> the signs are with a start. We'll start with a two 0 quite solid. Didn't score until late. That it's already sort of fitting that mantra. And maybe we'll they'll look to sort of grind out results to begin with. Mm. They're I a think, watching brief at the moment. I they? think we 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 were talking earlier when we were kind of saying, oh, this season's got a bit stale. I think I asked you for some of your top, you know, your topics for the for the for the for black box and you we said well we're talking about Josh King and I was like oh my god is it really has it really come to that but it has come to that has it I think, has come you know, to that I think the reason why is because teams like Villa who look like they should, they're a team who have got good options like Watkins and Ings and Buendia these guys should be people that we're factoring in but we're not because they've been so poor but then you look around at some of the other teams in the league like Leicester for example I mean you know I want to be considering you know I know you don't like him but Madison but Barnes has been an absolute huge Disappointment. Mm. Vardy's off the ball at the moment. You know, Ian Acho last season was a great it's option. The, it's the same problem. They don't know how to work out a system to play no. with one up front. Everyone in the league seems to be struggling with it. So then they try two up front and that doesn't really work either. Yeah, I know. It's the same problem. Yeah. And yeah. then you, you look at Everton as well. I mean, you know, Calvert-Lewin being injured and, you know, Gray and Townsend are options, but Everton are so poor at the moment. We're not going to go near any of them. Uh, you look at wow. Leeds with Bamford out as well and Dallas being reclassified. It's... You know, you, you, I'm looking around at these teams and thinking, how many options are there from them? And it's 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 slim pickings, isn't it? It very much is. I mean, I know we always say this in the Twitter template forms, and we look at each other's teams and think, oh yeah, um, but it, it's ridiculous at the moment. I look at everyone's team; they've all got obviously Salah. They've all nearly everyone's got that back four or very close to it of the, of the main guys. And then it's kind of just a little sprinklings of the, of the few names, you know, the, your Jotas, your Antonios, maybe a Jimenez in there, you know, maybe a Rafinha. And this is this is what happens in fantasy football now. We all know the good picks, but it would be nice to have that pool extended. And that's yeah. why we hope 
that the fixtures can bring that when you get you know the Spurs the Spurs boys come in and that hasn't really happened. And then soon we've got this Man United run from 16. We've got West Ham who go on a good run. We've got Watford going on a good run. But everyone's sitting here saying, well, you know, I might get Ronaldo. I might not. Depends. You know, I might look at getting Bowen for West Ham and I might look at getting Josh King or Dennis Watford. We're already kind of on top of the next fixture changes and there's no guarantees they will work. But what else are we going to do? We have to use transfers and try and try and get some points from somewhere right yeah so, and you've got to so try enough. and predict rather than yeah. react like like, Indeed, like we yeah. always say and that's why spurs are that team where i can completely understand why people are are going for it it's just the signs still aren't really there to indicate it's going to happen but where else can you go because there's, there's nothing else to even really look at no i mean lukaku's coming back soon will that tempt a few people maybe i don't think anyone will necessarily jump straight there because ronaldo's got the fixtures kane for now but you know, maybe some people will go mm. there, but it, the signs weren't necessarily that great, were they, to begin with? So, again, you could say that's a little bit of a leap of faith as well. Um, very, very tricky. Very right. tough. Well, we're gonna we're gonna forget all that. We're gonna find some great options now because now we're gonna move over to player data and we're gonna pick out some absolute gems that are gonna change everyone's uh, season. Um, it seems the lag stopped. No one's complained for a while, so that's good. It's, it's another example of just doing nothing. Just tends to fix these things. Um, let's have a look at player data for the season then uh, so this is uh, anyone who's played 180 minutes or more in the league so far so that's why Mares and Firmino are both top Mares is always top of this metric but just never plays uh, then you've got Salah then you've got Mane so I've highlighted Mane uh, he's got 7 goals and 2 assists uh, 116 minutes per expected goal of over non-pen which is you know kind of second only really to Salah with 109 so there's not much in it between them in terms of expected goal involvement but Salah's like 60 points ahead of him in, mm. in FPL. I mean, what do you make of Mane? Do you think, you know, everyone's moving for Kane, Son, these guys. Do you think there is a case for, for doubling up with Salah and Mane? I mean, clearly there, there is because he's doing well. It, I've always had that, that feeling of I don't want to spend that much money on a player I won't captain. And, you know, if Salah and Mane are in a conversation, you'd, you'd probably be silly not to captain Salah just because he's got the penalties and, you know, his XG data and his actual returns have been better than Mane, I think, every season, even in the season mm. Mane got close. So there's not really a reason to do it aside from trying to be different. Um, so yeah, I've always been the case of not doing that. But considering no one else is doing anything and I've got so much money because yeah. both of the best midfield are six millions. And it, you know, value is is not just a conversation around one player, is it? It's like if you've got Mane and Gallagher for 18 million and it's the same as two nine millions, then it doesn't really matter if you're not going to captain them, mm. if that makes sense. So Sure, I think you have him. I think when we've got Jota, who costs a lot less, um, and seemingly you know is nailed whilst Firmino's out, at least it just makes sense to have Jota. I think and and maybe spread the money a bit, but I wouldn't begrudge anyone going there. And eventually, you know, the Jota thing will possibly become a problem when Firmino's back. I assume it will. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, if Liverpool's attack's going to continue down the same road, then I don't see any reason. I mean, you're not going to want to keep Kane long term, are you? I wouldn't have thought the way it's going at the moment and. Really, you're looking at, well, is it going to be one of Ronaldo and Lukaku I'm going to spend my money on? And then we've got the African nation, so we kind of want a premium. Yep. Um, so maybe you go to one of them, but then obviously Mane would go to the AFCON, so you've got to consider that. Um, I don't know. It's tricky. You could argue at the moment you just have Salah as your premium and just ignore all the others. I think that still works. I don't know what side you're coming down on because, I mean, you're Whoa. the guy who's flying. Are you getting Mane? <laughs> I honestly don't know the answer. I mean, the, the, the question is, if you were playing a draft game and you had sort of, you know, let's say you had second pick, would you would you pick Mane, Kane or Jota? 
Well, if it was for draft, I think you'd have to go Mane because mm. he's more likely to play more more minutes. I mean, you could say Kane and hope that Conte sorts them and he, and he does really well, but all the evidence at the moment and the data suggests that we've got the Mane's going to outperform Kane over the season. I, exactly. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but that's what it shows. So, I mean, right? it's, so it's, you... it's very interesting because you mentioned about captain. It's very interesting that everyone, including myself, I'm not trying to put myself above everyone else, is, is moving for Kane and thinking, you know, this is such a great option. But for the same price, actually a bit cheaper, you could have Mane, who's second pretty much for expected goal involvement over the season, playing for the most attacking side in the league. I know there's AFCON coming up, but realistically it wouldn't be too surprising to see Mane hit a couple of bigger hauls. And if you've got the money, which presumably you do, because if you're going for Kane or Mane, you've, you've got that 12 million. It mm. does feel like Mane is, is the better option to go for. And yet I haven't seen a single team on Twitter or on scout boards with, with Mane and Salah in. It's either just no. Salah and Trent or it's, you know, uh, Salah, Trent and, and Jota. No Mane. Yeah, it, it's because of the Salah reason, isn't it? It's basically just that. If he, if he literally played for another team, I, I know it wouldn't make sense because of the date of a Liverpool, etc. But if he did play for another, say that was a Bamiyang at 12 million and he was got the same returns and was doing the people would probably have him. I think that is genuinely what would happen. Mm. Um, the other thing is Mane, I mean, when you actually watched him play, he, he's actually been pretty poor this season, yeah, I think, at times. Like he... And he was, he was he, for a lot of last season as well, right until the, kind of the last yeah, few Yeah, and there was all the talk in pre-season that he sorted all that problems and he was looking really mm. good in pre-season, to be fair. Um, and look, it's the, similar to the Sterling thing, right? If you're getting the chances like he's doing, then you're playing well. You're moving to the right areas. You're in space. You're getting these opportunities. So you can't knock him for that. But in his general play, he's he's been a bit iffy at times. He's been far more selfish than he used to be. There was a time when Salah used to be said as the selfish one and Mane was frustrated with Salah because he'd always shoot. And if anything, Salah's turned into like a world-class playmaker and Mane now mm. seems to be the more selfish one. Um, yeah, his touch has been off occasionally. I mean, scored again tonight though. Scored, yeah, he's, but, he's, he is starting to to churn, to you know to churn in the goals. I mean, seven goals. Mm. Um, you know, I think that puts him second, doesn't it? On the uh, after after Salah, um, quite possibly. And ultimately, none of that matters for fantasy. You can be terrible; it doesn't matter as long as you you know the data is good and you're getting points. What do we care? So it's a tricky one. I think while Jota's there, Jota is the obvious one. But then once Firmino's back, yeah, there's a real consideration um, to. To, to have him in our teams now, I think. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Kane. So, I mean, we talked about this last week and we, you mentioned it every time we look at player data, but it is just so alarming how poor Kane and Son fare on, on this. I mean, you know, it's one thing that they're not getting, I mean, Kane with one goal, one assist, both in one game, the rest blanks. Son's doing a bit better, four goals and two assists, but you look at their expected goal involvement, non-penalty. I mean, Son and Kane, you'd expect to be in the top 10, like without a doubt. They are two of the best players in the Premier League, playing for a, top four to top six side, there's absolutely no reason why Son has an expected goal involvement non-pen of 221 minutes, which puts him 47th. And Kane is 60th with an expected goal involvement of 241.6. I mean, Kane's taken a shot every 36.7 minutes on average. I think that that was better against um, uh, Leeds. I think it was up to 22 minutes. So that's there's encouraging signs for them. But again, it's just... It's... It's hor- It's form over fixture, isn't it? This is the debate we have all the time. And we, they say fixtures breeds form, but we just aren't seeing that form being bred. I mean, it, it's Everton and it's uh, Leeds now. These are two games where I would have expected Spurs to have improved and haven't that much. Would you still recommend people buy Spurs? Is it just a case there's so few options elsewhere? 
Or do you think, you know, prioritising someone like Jota is, is, is the way to go? I'd be prioritising Jota yeah. because they've, they've also got good games. You know, if they had terrible games, you could make an argument not to. But if their data is better and their games are good, there's no reason not to get Jota, I think. Um, or a Liverpool player, at least. Plus, obviously, we're a little way into Spurs' games now, so you kind of want to get these guys at the start of the run, right? Um, mm. Not that you have to or anything, but yeah, there'd be no reason not to prioritise Jota over them at yeah. this moment in time. Um, I mean, a lot of that, I think, has to do with the previous man- manager, Nuno Sanchez. They would just had no idea whatsoever. And it was the same for Wolves in towards the back end of last season. I know Jimenez was out, but they, they didn't really create chances. So there's a lot of work to be done there. And they, they're obviously still lacking the players to, to make it happen. But we just have to fingers crossed and hope that what are those of us that went for it, just got to hope that they, yeah. they start performing in these next two games. Because, I mean, even if they do perform, I don't think anyone's going to just leave them in their team. I think you could argue Sun maybe, but I don't think Kane. Kane would stay in the team because it, again it's just far too much money to pay for someone mm. you're not going to captain and if they've got bad games you just yeah. either spread the funds or go to or maybe you wouldn't go Mane because of the AFCON but you get what I mean you'd look elsewhere wouldn't you yeah for sure um, I mean Jimenez is, is 42nd which is interesting I mean he's he's been doing quite well yeah, I was lately. looking at this before yeah, yeah I mean, he's got th- quite lucky the data suggests yeah, right? three goals three assists he's, he's, oper- he's definitely operating deeper I mean you saw it with the goal he scored I mean, the last game, you know, kind of outside of the box effort. These these aren't these weren't the kind of goals he scored in previous seasons. He's you know he's he's attacking the ball in the box. He's getting headers. He is operating in this kind of almost more creative, deep lying role now. Um, and he was never a, a particularly explosive player anyway. So Wolves have got a couple of good games coming up, but then the fixtures really turn. If I had him, I would be looking for an exit route. So I wouldn't be selling him yet, but I think he's probably one that you're going to be looking to want to get rid of. Because I think when the fixtures do turn, I think his, his returns are massively going to, going to dry up. Um, and Bomo's there, I mean, 38th. That's pretty disappointing for an out-of-position midfielder. Uh, XGI non-pen of 203, uh, which, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if the amount of times he's hit the post as well, it's just getting absolutely ridiculous. I think he's like eight, eight or nine times now he's hit the post which is about I thought it was seven clear. maybe it's eight but yeah I thought yeah, it was seven but either way seven. mental I think it was seven before before last weekend it's gone up to eight or maybe it was six not seven. yeah one of the two um, I mean one player though which is climbing every week and someone we're going to talk in a bit more detail in a second I mean I can't believe we're going to be mentioning him but Christian Benteke now has four goals one assist he's taken a shot every 29.6 minutes which is right up there with like, you know, some of the best players that we've got. Mm. I mean, it's better than Jota, for example. Um, it's kind of around where Mane is, 25.7. Especially uh, Golovan, 166.1, puts him 20th. So he's just behind Trent Alexander-Arnold. I mean, I wrote him off weeks ago, but he just, he's delivering, isn't he? Yeah, we got we can't just write these people off as we can't hold grudges in fantasy, you know. That's how we got to operate. Uh, Benteke's, I mean, he's got a lot to do to earn our trust back. I would have thought, but um, the fixtures are good. He's got good data, and he's been scoring goals as well. So I he looks tell confident again. He looks confident, like he, just the way he's taking his goals and his celebrations and his general kind of link. He looks like you know Vieira's. Really, really, you know, we, we talked about Vera coming in, putting his arm around players, trying to get the most out of them. I thought Benteke was finished. I didn't think he had a hope of staying in this in this team. But there's obviously a player in there. Because we've, we've seen, we've seen the glimpses debate. of it. Because when he first came to Villa, he was literally unplayable. Like, yeah. he was ridiculously good. And then he was decent enough after that. And then he went to Liverpool, didn't quite work. And obviously then he was 
really low, you know, getting benched for like AU and stuff like that. And, he, and he's been dreadful. And you start to think to yourself, okay, where's the anon? Was was the, the good season the anomaly? And that's actually what he's like. Or is he actually a good player and there's other factors there? We, we don't know. Or is it a bit of both? Who knows at the end of the day? But mm. right now, if he's going to play up front for a, for a good team with good fixtures, and we've said it no, multiple times now, what there's no forwards to even go to. There's no one. I mean, you literally lose nothing, I think, by taking a chance on Benteke. I think he'd be right near the top of the list right now if you were looking at right what forward am I going to get yeah. in? Um, he'd, he'd be right there in sort of well, one, two, three spots, wouldn't well, he? Well, Tony D says Kane out, Benteke in. <laughs> and if, if, if you're looking at stats and you're looking at underlying numbers, you're looking at overall team performances and, and attacking data, Palace are better than Spurs attacking-wise. Benteke is putting in better numbers than Kane across the board. The fixtures are good for Palace as well. You've got a guy in form. Like, it's not as... I mean, I don't know if I'd be selling Kane for Benteke, but I think the point is, is that if you're looking at buying a, a Spurs asset, maybe we should be looking a little bit you know, at this, at this kind of budget. I mean, let me show you these stats. So this is the late last four player data. Guess who's number one? Guess who's number one for expected goal involvement non-pen over the last four? It's Christian Benteke. Uh, 85.2 minutes, which is better than Josh King. Your mate, who's second mm. with 93. Salah's third, 97.8. Benteke and King over the last three games mm. are expected to score more goals and, and assists and more points for us in our teams than Salah. How nuts is that? Yeah, it is. Obviously, it's, again, short amount of data in a small window, but um, Watford have got great games. I think, is it from 17? I think it's from 17. They go on a really nice run. Mm. Um, and we're all crying out for forwards right now to do something. I think you could do a lot worse than have Benteke King uh, <laughs> up front. And I'll probably be get, looking to get King or Dennis at least maybe as a wow. sort of a backup striker from, from 17. I think a lot of people will do that because the added thing is, well, King was always rumoured to potentially be on penalties and then obviously Saar took them and he took two and missed them both. Mm. So you'd, you'd like to think that King might get them. And let's not forget, didn't King, was it seven? I don't know how many goals it was, maybe 17 or something he scored for Bournemouth. Yeah. One, that one season. Well, this is it. So he he, has, he's, he's a proven Premier League player. Playing in, I mean, Watford are awful defensively, but attacking-wise, they've got options. I mean, as long as you've got a team with Saar in, and then you've got, you know, um, Jao Pedro coming on, King. Dennis was excellent. Dennis is, is, has really been putting good, in yeah. some fantastic performances. I, I, I fancy Watford to score against pretty much every team in the league. And King's done it, you know, whenever he's been in the Prem, he's done it for Bournemouth time and time again. He's got... He didn't for Everton, but he didn't touch the pitch, well, did he? Well, exactly. Yeah, probably could have used him. Probably could have, should have got him on the pitch a bit more. I really like Josh King. I think at five, is he five, six, something like that? Mm, he's five, six, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a, definitely a solid option for him. Ranieri's, yeah, if, if, if it fails, who cares? Yeah. There's <laughs> literally yeah. no one else. Um, this, this is the difference of what Ranieri's done. Ranieri's come in and he's gone, boys, we can't defend. Like We've got no, we've got no good defenders, but we, you know, we've got Ben Foster. He, he's more into his YouTube than his... Uh, his goalkeeper. That's very harsh. He's a very good goalkeeper. And he's probably listened to the stream. So sorry, Ben. I didn't mean that. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like they can't, they, they're not backtracking. The <laughs> they're not a defensive sorry, side though, right? You've got to, you've got to play to, to your strengths and their strengths are definitely in attack. Oh, 100%. And Ranieri, um, I mean, we, we saw two sides to his coin at Leicester. Do you remember when they first started this, the first half of their winning campaign, they, they were really offensive and were scoring loads of goals yeah. with Mahrez and Vardy. And then at one point they decided, right, we're going to shut up shop and literally counter on everyone. So he can do, he can kind of do both ways. And Watford were tragic offensively. Their data was awful. Yeah. Um, they got lucky, sort of, well, they did well game week one, didn't they, with Sarah? And then after that, they were pretty bad for a while. Um, but yeah, it's, 
the date is good. King might be on penalties at 5.6 million up front. I mean, yep. what's, what's to lose? And, and the same goes with Benteke. I mean, the, the worry with Benteke was Edouard, right? I don't think he started last week, did he? No, he didn't. Um, and he's, he's, he's being shifted out, out wide anyway to kind of accommodate yeah. Benteke's one. Benteke's definitely the one playing centrally around the penalty. But the thing area. is, they've got Elise, they've got Eze coming back and you just think, well, how is everyone going to fit into no, this team? They've got options. Mm. But all of that, they're just really good creative players, right? So if Benteke's right at the top, I mean, yeah, it sounds crazy, but we're living in a world where we might have Benteke and Josh King. Imagine going back five years ago and saying that. <laughs> oh, to be fair, go, go back five years, you'd probably be about right. Benteke and King were Bournemouth and Villa and doing quite well. Do that so. long ago. Christ. Yeah, it's probably about two years ago <laughs> yeah, you're that... saying what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, yeah, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't stop anyone from doing it. I think that's fine. I think obviously investing all our money in these wing-backs and, and the Salah. And if you wanted to go for the Mane as well, the Salah Mane thing, I mean, yeah. it sounds crazy with the AFCON, but, and then just have these cheap forwards up front, I think. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at Mbomo and thinking this, is, this could be an easy sell. You know, Mbomo, switch, switch rings around a bit, bring in sort of Benteke or King. I think they're, they're both better options going forward than Mbomo is, just given how Brentford of, of the, the, the slide they've got kind of offensively. Um, I mean, some of the other, other players on here I've highlighted, uh, Regulon's up to 13th over the last four, uh, which is higher than any of the other um, defenders bar Trent. So it's higher than like Cancelo and uh, Rhys James and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I mean, a lot of that, I mean, 173.3 minutes per expected goal involvement, uh, a shot of 46.8 minutes. So he's having shots as well, mm. which is quite nice. I was, I would probably have gone for Royale last week, but not anymore. I think Regulon's definitely the pick. Keeps getting subbed. He's not quite fit enough <laughs> for Conte, but mm. that's going to come, I think, pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, decent option. Again, it's if you've got those four, unless you're going with the five, it's hard. But I suppose now with the Chilwell injury, maybe there's an in there to to not just go to you know Alonso mm. or or a Man City defender. Maybe you just go to Regulian, but it's it, the fixtures are running out, aren't they? So it feels a little bit short term. But if he's going to be a good option continuously, then maybe. I mean, yeah. the guy fifth in the world's got him and. Royal, so listen to him, not me. Yeah, I know he hasn't. Guy fifth in the world. No, he's got Trent and um, he's got Son Kane, not Royal. And oh, didn't you say he got the, the, who was the guy who got Spurs defenders? You said someone got two Spurs Did defenders, I? or no? Oh, I maybe I so. made that up. Nah, I think you're hallucinating. No. Okay, guys, <laughs> <laughs> either. I mean, if you went, you could go five at the back. Get Trent, Cancelo, James, Regulon, and Royal. Get your five wing backs in. Play five at the back every week. I mean, if you'd have done that six weeks ago, you'd be laughing, yeah, wouldn't no, you? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, some of the other numbers here. So Havertz is 21st. I just wanted to mention him because obviously he's been playing in this kind of nine role and everyone kind of was quite excited about him, but just hasn't really delivered. I mean, it hasn't been complete disaster. A goal and an assist in, what, four games he's been playing up there, but kind of not the, not the amount that... Not, not what kind of everyone wants um, to see. I, yeah, I just think he's, as an FPL option, I, I really struggle to see how he's ever going to be a huge factor. Uh, I was really excited about him last season, uh, especially given his highlight reel, but I, I, I can't. Can you see him ever getting into like the 200-point bracket? Especially with Lukaku there, he's going to be, where's he even going to play? Don't, I don't, I've, yeah, if you, with Lukaku there, it's hard to see because they've obviously only got, in the current system, they've only got the two players either side and they've got a lot of players who can play that. Um, so probably not, no, but I do think he's, I do like Havertz. I do think that he has got a chance in the future and think, I mean, we're, we, we can't write players off cause we're already now talking about Josh King and Benteke and they've definitely been written off. So anything can happen. I'm sure he, he, he'll be back at some point with a vengeance. Cause I do think he's a class player. It's just, 
he's a, he's one of these tricky players where no one can really work out his best position. Mm. Um, yeah, he, he did play well for Germany. I thought in the Euros, I think they used him pretty yeah, well. Yeah. But yeah, I think Germany yeah. seemed, definitely seemed to know how to get the best out of him and Werner, where it's still a bit of a you know a bit of a wait and see um, for for Tuchel. Uh, two other players I mentioned here. So I mean, Son and Kane are doing pretty poorly, forty fifth and forty ninth. But I mean, I was really surprised to see Corne at seventy fifth for expected goal involvement non-pen, given that he's, he's scoring worldies every week though, isn't he? I suppose yeah, that's why. He's, he's scoring, you know, every week, you know, people are really looking to him and thinking he's, he's could be a real good differential option. He's playing out of position. Um, but yeah, four goals in his last four games, but expected goal involvement of 467.6, which is, yeah, 75th in the league. So if ever there were some stats to make you think that those goals are going to dry up, it's, it's got to be this, surely. Surely Corne is not going to keep getting a goal a game. I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, it, I can see the appeal because he's a six million mid playing up front. Mm. So fair enough. And Burnley have still got some good games. So I think you can you can go there. But yeah, there's. I mean, you just can't consistently score worldies like that all the time, can you? I mean, unless you're Messi, it's quite it's quite tricky. And I don't <laughs> think he is Messi. <laughs> he might, might, be, be. But, might be. I mean, he was playing left back before yeah. in, um, in the, the French league. I think he was playing left back. But I'll tell you what, though, he's very very good. Oh, he like, looks the part. He looks really the part. Does. Yeah, yeah mm. it's just the, the stats are really bad. I mean, 77th on the list is my mate, my boy Smith Rowe. You know, three goals, one assist in the last yeah, four. Yeah, that annoys me. The yeah. fact that you've been getting one goal, one I shot, know. one goal every week. Absolutely outrageous. Cleaning up. I mean, uh, XGI non-pen of 493.1 minutes. I mean, he's, he shouldn't have anything in, in these matches at all, but he, he's, he's in the right place at the right time. I think, you know, given the... I think he has that ability to to make those runs, and he's a very intelligent player. I think oh, it's classy more, as hell. Yeah, I think it's more likely we see Corne sort of dip off than than Smith Rowe. Um, if I was going to buy one, though, I mean Gallagher doesn't really feature uh, on this list in kind of the top in the top thirty ish, um, but he's probably the one that I'd, I'd be looking to buy if I was in the market for a for a six million player. I think I agree with that. Before- the only thing is um, McCarthy got injured, didn't he? And I wonder, mm. does that mean? Milojovic? I can't say his oh, name. Oh, here we go. Milojovic. Is, is that right? Milojovic. 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 <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, if he comes back in and then he kind of steals a, a few set pieces, is that going to have a knock-on effect? I mean, maybe we're overthinking a bit because Gallagher's just been excellent. I think we've, but... see, we've seen Gallagher lose some set pieces anyway and I kind of had written mm. him off and then he, he just runs down the pitch and smashes one anything. Okay, this guy's actually fantastic. I think he's I think he's a good option no matter kind of where he plays. Um let's move on to just the next section because that kind of segues quite nicely. Um so I don't know what the latest is with Chilwell. Um it looked to me like a pretty serious injury. Uh, you know, he couldn't put any weight on his leg. There's rumors now that it's an ACL injury. There's some people saying he could be out for the season, some people are saying it could be out for a few months. I think it's definitely a given over the festive schedule we won't see Chilwell play. I I would be absolutely shocked if he came back. Mm. So I guess a, a question for a lot of people is what to do with him, Mark included. Um, so I've just got a couple of options on here. So the first list is, is defenders. If you want to just make a move and maybe you haven't got one of these premium uh, guys to move to. And the second list, which I'll come to in a minute is kind of 6 million ish players in case you want to sort of tweak your formation and, and move things around. Uh, so defend defender wise, um, looking at expected goal involvement again, non-pen, uh, you've got Trent right at the top with 145. It's over the last four. Uh, Regul on there, 173. James down at 240. Cancelo at 246. So, you know, there's quite a difference between Trent, James and Cancelo on this list. But 
it's they're all getting double digit returns seemingly uh, every week. A lot of talk about Alonso at the moment. I mean, he's our favourite player in, in FPL. I think it's pretty safe to say. Uh, when Over his sort of six game weeks where he's in the side, uh, he was expected goal was 319. So, you know, kind of bomb. But Chilwell was actually nowhere near these other guys. He's down at 418 um, as well. So Alonso, in theory, looking at the stats, is a better option than uh, Chilwell when he does play. Uh, I had a look at Emerson Royale as well. And the stats basically say, don't go anywhere near bloody Emerson Royale. He's, he has a shot every 382 minutes and an expected goal involvement of 2,125 minutes. So he's almost guaranteed to score now, I've said that. But I think it's pretty safe to say Royale is, is out of the equation. Um, you've got Chilwell. You're, what would you do with him? You, you say you're looking to move him on for, for Jota, maybe? Um. It's crazy. We don't even consider clean sheets anymore, and we're looking at defenders and like, now. Oh, forget that. Are they exactly. going to score or not? That's all we're interested That's in. Yeah. Um, I've I've got Chilwell. Yeah, I've had him for a while now. I think the stats don't really do him justice because sometimes he, the ball doesn't come to him, but he's in the right positions. You know, it's that classic Alonso hanging around the right mm. areas. Like even more, and in the stats, obviously, so James is better. And I, I, Maybe he actually is, but a lot of the time Chilwell just looks so threatening, doesn't he? He's right there on the six-yard box or the, or the edge of the area. And if the ball doesn't come to you, then obviously you can't, or, and you don't get the opportunity to have the shot, then obviously you can't generate the XG, but it could fall to you on another occasion. So I think he was even better than the stats actually showed there. Um, and to lose him is quite bad. So mm. I, I think I'll probably just end up going to Alonso. I don't think I'm going to overthink it. I think he was obviously great at the beginning. I can't imagine that he won't be the first choice at left wing back, like some people are suggesting. You know, maybe, maybe not. It's too shell at the end of the day. I think if, if you were putting your faith in, in anyone to have give a starting lineup in the whole league, he'd probably be right at the bottom of your list. Um, but I can't see him not being the first choice in that position from the start. You yeah. know, and he takes free kicks as well, doesn't he? As we know, he's very good at them. So I, I think it just makes sense to go to him. I mean, the other one that's not on that list that I kind of like is Walker. Um, it's hard for me to say because I don't really like him no, as a player. I'm surprised that <laughs> you say that, yeah. It's just that with Man City, obviously, they are the best defensive team in terms of the stats. They've got a great run still. Um, I don't envisage you'll get any attacking returns particularly because he's never really had that as part of his game. But um, the fact that he's arguably more nailed now than Diaz, uh, Stones and Laporte because they're all kind of competing slightly. And then... They've only got three fullbacks in Zinchenko, Cancelo and Walker. Obviously, if Zinchenko comes in, he can only play left back. So that means one of Cancelo or Walker will play right back, you would have thought. So by having the double off of Cancelo and Walker, you're guaranteeing that you're going to get one as a minimum, really, because mm. they'll play it right back, right? I mean, unless Pep decides to play Ake left back and you know, he could do something crazy like that. We've seen that before. But you'd like to think that you are... Um, and at the end of the day, he is a fullback for a top team. So although the data might not suggest that he's there, he, I mean, he has got some attacking returns this season and over a nice run of fixtures, maybe he will. So it'd be more to, to do the classic, I'm going for the clean sheets rather than the goals, which feels alien at the moment. Mm. But I do think he's a consideration. Um, I just I mean, think with, with Alonso, you're, you're, you're pretty much getting the clean sheets as well, right? I mean, the, the oh, data... 100%. And that's, the, that's why I'm going Alonso at the end of the yeah. day. I'm just, I think people are sat on Diaz at the moment, right? And I think right now, I'd argue Walker's probably slightly a better option. Mm. I mean, they've got similar goal threats, if anything. Yeah. And yeah, I just made the case for why you you might you might be a little bit more nailed, if anything. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I think Diaz is pretty much nailed. But I think in and around Champions League, we've seen now he is willing to 
to sort of rest him for the bigger game because he's got his, his faith in Stones and Laporte. So um, we didn't have that before. So mm. yeah, anyway, Alonso. I mean, I don't know why I'm bothering talking about anyone else. I'm just going to go for <laughs> Alonso. He's he's fun, if nothing else. The problem is I think virtually everyone else is going to do it as well. So it's not really going to be that fun, is it? <laughs> well, I think you're going to see a lot of people who don't have James, obviously move Chilwell to James. That's going to be, James' is ownership yeah, is going to absolutely soar. Um, I think then we're going to see, I mean, it's, I think Rudiger's going to be really popular as well. I mean, obviously he scored the goal again. He's on for like a 200 plus point season if he carries on. So I, I do think there is... He is, a, he is a really good player, right? He's a yeah. really good pick, Rudiger. But if, you, if you're if you in the position now where you move to Rudiger instead of Alonso, you are the most boring person oh, there's, ab- there's To me, there's, there's, there's no contest. <laughs> like, you, you, you get Alonso. I mean, I like Rudiger. I think Rudiger's great, but Alonso is so fun and so exciting. And, you know, his stats... Over, over the first six weeks are in keeping with these other defenders who have, have been so incredible for us. There's no reason why Alonso can't come in and carry on getting double-digit hauls just like Chilwell did because he's playing in the same role. He's a similar type of player, even more mm. attacking in a way. So, yeah, I mean, the stats show, I mean, especially going over non-pen, Alonso is more involved than Chilwell is over the, you know, over, over, the, my, over the period. So, My only worry, and it is only a slight worry with Alonso, is obviously we saw in that game against Juventus where he got taken off because they pressured him when he was on the ball and he started, he didn't know what to do with it. Basically, Mm. he can't really pass the ball that well, Alonso. That's his downfall. When he's actually on the ball and he's expected to be involved in build-up and passing, he struggles. And they pressured him and it was like a weak link for Chelsea. And then we saw it in the next game as well. I think it was against Liverpool, maybe. I can't remember who the next game was. And since then, he was basically bombed out of the team and Chilwell was fantastic. Now, maybe people will start pressuring him on the ball and it will cause them issues and then mm. Tuchel will go, oh, I'm going to have to do something about this. But when they don't have any other one who's a natural left wing back, I know they could put a hudson Doy there or the Pulisic or like he's talked about playing a wing back. And even I think Sal Niguez, people are saying, could actually play there because he's played there before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think that's, not, I that's class. Isn't this just classic overthinking that we do as fan- when you really engage fantasy managers, we start to think of all the worst case scenarios and realistically... Alonso surely in until he becomes a problem, right? So I'm just going to go there. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, just having got the list of kind of, if you were looking at, at, you know, switching formations, getting another mid or forward, I'm put Josh King in this table. Maybe it was a bit of a disservice to him. Um, but comparing the defenders to the attackers, I mean, it, it's so interesting that the attackers feature so highly when it comes to expected goal involvement, even compared to, you know, attacking mids and, and, and the like. I mean, Benteke's top. I mean, quite clearly, if you're looking for goals, uh, you're going for one of them. I mean, obviously the defenders get clean sheets, so there's a massive, you know, extra bonus for them. Uh, but it's been taking Bowen out in front. Uh, you know, Bowen is someone who we haven't really mentioned. I think, you know, talking to the world number five, talking about the double ups, I kind of asked him what his uh, suggestions, you know, were for, for going forward. And he, he's really looking at the double up or even the triple up with West Ham when their fixtures look good. And we mm-hmm. both agreed Bowen is the absolute standout from, from West Ham. You're not going to do it this week with, with City, but... Going forward. No. Yeah. Hell of a yeah. Uh, I mean, I've got Rafinha sat in my team and I've got Jota sat in my team and eventually one of those will become a problem, right? Rafinha might not become a problem, but they've got sort of three games that you could say are still mm. okay. And then after that, they go on a, a pretty horrific run. Um, I can't remember. Is it Chelsea, Man City? I think it's Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal or something like that um, in about three weeks' time. So um, that kind of coincides with the time that West Ham's fixtures start to look good. So I think it's an obvious move for people to either come off of Jota or Rafinha if they've got yeah. him um, in game week 16 and just ride that train. Because I think Fornells and Ben Rama are good options as well. I don't think necessarily, I mean, the data suggests Bowen's the best, but 
I think they're okay as well. You want it to be a little bit different. But Bowen with the set pieces, obviously if Antonio gets injured, he also plays up front. Yep. Um, so they don't have any other striker. Yeah, or rested indeed. Um, it kind of just all points to him. And um, I actually had him last season for a, for a period and he, he was really frustrating because, his, again, his data was good, but he just ended up not really getting any returns. And I just, mm. you know, I put it down to bad luck and now he's actually getting them. So um, he owes me. I'll, I'll be getting him in probably. Yep. Uh, Trossard features well on this list. Uh, 30 minutes per shot, 213 minutes. As a Brighton fan, I, oh, I don't know. It's very hard to... I mean, he's out of position. He's kind of central to everything that we look to create and do, but our attacking stats are so poor at the moment. Um, he's probably in a void for me. Uh, Gallagher's there. I mean, Gallagher is, is being outperformed by James Cancelo and Regulon um, from an attacking perspective. That's not even attack- featuring the clean sheets. That's why this kind of switched to four at the back and, and why everyone's looking at it because you're comparing these 5.5, 6 million defenders to these guys around them. And realistically, it's, it, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? It's, to me, if, if you've got Chilwell and you're looking at switching them to one of these guys, Smith-Rowe, Cornet, Gallagher, I'd, mm. I'd just much rather have one of Regulon or Alonso pe- you know, paired with the holy three of Trent, James and Cancelo. 100%. It's yeah. like their floor and their ceiling is better than most players in the game. Yeah. It, it is it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's, it's, fantasy football has been gearing towards this for a number of seasons, right? Yeah. And Trent was obviously kind of like the poster boy and we've had people flirt with it. We've had a, didn't we have the arm one year with like Mendy and Robertson or something? Who was, I can't remember. The but, arm, yeah. Um, Alonso, Robertson, Mendy. That's right. There we go. Thank yeah. you. Um, so it's always sort of been there, but we haven't really had, and like we said right at the start of the show, the nailedness of the Chelsea Wimax and the nailedness of Cancelo. And as soon as they are now, it's like no brainers. Oh, They're just far too cheap. Yeah, completely forgot about that. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I've tried to make a case for, you know, switching up formations, but to me, this is the time to be investing heavily in the back. Uh, yeah, and I think that's the way sort of most people are, are going. Uh, right, we can move on now. We can move over to predictions. So we had General uh, last week who, uh, well, did all right. <laughs> Not as well as Mark or I, less said the better, I think, Mark. Uh, but uh, between Mark, normal Mark, and myself, uh, Mark's smashing me on clean sheets these days. But I'm, I'm really, I'm, my outcomes. I don't know what's gone on. I got sixty percent right. Mark got forty. Are you playing Super Six? Uh, no, I hate Super Six. I, I, well, if I, you're getting this many outcomes, you should surely <laughs> do it because you can win some real money rather than just fannying about on a. Well, YouTube Super Six is, is results, right? You have got to get the results right. <laughs> right. Okay. But didn't you do well on that for a while as well? I yeah, for well. a while. But I mean, that's that's massively that's massively dipped off. I mean, I'm on I'm on around fifty percent correct outcomes, which I'm pretty happy with to be honest. I've had twelve I mean, correct yeah. scores, so ten percent. Eh, it's not it's pretty. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. It's not too bad, is it? Mark's on forty-four percent right. outcomes. 8% correct scores. Uh, he's 45% of his clean sheets, he predicts, come true. Mine's 40%. Pretty happy with these stats. Not going to lie. I think we're both doing all right this, this season. So, yeah, I'll make definitely. I, like I say, you should be churning some money out of this, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> doing all right. Uh, let's have a look at the game week fixtures uh, going forward and our predictions. So the first game is Arsenal-Newcastle. Uh, I've gone for a 2-1 in this. Mark's gone for a 2-all. Very interesting attacking open game. Uh, you've gone for a free one, Arsenal. And Newcastle, I wonder how we've obviously backed them to concede a load of goals between us uh, because that is seems to be the, the method is get the ball up more. It should be a good game then, this. 
Yeah, I originally did actually put down a 2-2, similar to Mark, but then thought, no, Arsenal are surely the favourites at home, so yeah. changed it to a 3-1. The bottom line is I would expect goals because it's how, and that's what we've seen in one game. You know, it, how much you can take from that, I don't know, but um, Arsenal at home to Minnows are usually pretty good anyway, yeah. right? So you'd expect them to at least score a couple. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting with, with Callum Wilson because, you know, he three goals against Brentford. I was thinking, oh, Callum Wilson's going to be a, a real option. That is so typical Callum Wilson, that is. He either gets you a 1-0 or a goal in like a 1-0 where he, where Newcastle barely have a sniff. But when it's a nice attacking open game and there's six goals scored and he gets nothing, <laughs> that's just typical Wilson, isn't it? He, he is he is fantasy troll of, of the I've never decade. owned Callum Wilson, ever. No. I have. I don't plan to change that. I've dodged every haul he's ever done. In, you know, it just because you always sell him before bad fixtures, he always creeps him with a goal and then he never delivers in the ones you want him to. Yeah, he's a bit of a nightmare, but could be an option under Howe at, at seven million. Um, Palace Villa, I've gone for a 2 1 Villa. Uh, Mark's gone for a 1 0 Palace and you've gone for a 1 all. So we've all gone for different uh, results in this interesting mm. game. Palace, you know, have, have looked good, but three goals conceded against Burnley will be a bit of a worry for them. And yeah, I just worry if the, the Gerrard momentum is going to carry on a little bit more. Yes, I think I said earlier, isn't it? I think both teams are trying to play sort of a possession game and, um, you know, Stevie Gerrard's not going to want to lose the game. So try and keep the score down, I'd imagine. Whether mm. he can or not is another matter, but that's why I went for 1-1. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's obviously you can say we've all we've all got one goal either way, haven't we there? Yeah. So anything can happen, it looks like. Yep. Uh, we've all gone for the same result with Liverpool-Southampton. Uh, all gone for the, uh, a Liverpool win. I've gone for a 2-0. You've both gone for a 3-0 got some interesting stats on on Southampton when we're looking at captains and captain matrix in a second but yeah I mean you look at Liverpool's underlying attacking numbers and like I said the underlying numbers indicate they're going to get three or four goals every game they play so yeah we're both indeed both I mean I originally thought it would be like you sort of two or maybe even one nil because Southampton mm. have been pretty good that way but then I thought well it's Liverpool I'm, I'm, I'm stupid they're surely going to score more they just seem to always manage to yep uh, Norwich Wolves I've gone for a 1-1 one, one. Uh, Mark's gone for a 1-1 one, one, and you've gone for a 2-1 Wolves so the Smith bounce is going to end in your opinion um, yeah I I guess so I think Wolves are just a pretty good team and Norwich aren't yet so um, yeah I've, got, I've gone for them but I wouldn't be confident in it I think it's hard to call again this new manager thing and Wolves have this knack of looking really good but then not necessarily mm. getting the result so Big big win for them against West Ham. I didn't give him him a chance in that one. No, exactly. I thought I'd actually get some Antonio points there, but no. (laughs) Not this time. Uh, Brighton-Leeds. I mean, my my greatest prediction last season was when Leeds were kind of flying and I said Brighton will match them and give them a really difficult game. Uh, And Mark bench boosted his three Leeds players and, you know, I was celebrating when Brighton won it. I think we won it 2-0. I I just can't see it happening at at the moment. I just think we've, there's something not quite right with Brighton. And I think Leeds are improving. There was they were really really good in that in that first half against Spurs. They could have been out of sight. They played a lot of youngsters. Um, Rafina was out. They had a good you know spirit about them. They should be stronger. Hopefully Rafina will be back after his illness. So I've gone for two one Leeds. Sorry, Dad. I think Leeds are going to win this one. Mark's gone for two 0 Brighton, which is very optimistic. And you've gone for the draw. Yeah, I just couldn't call it. I just didn't know. I mean. If, if Leeds have got Rafinha, you always give him a chance, but he is still probably their only real threat at the moment. So if Brighton can handle him, you know, Leeds aren't, they've improved him, but they're not scoring bag loads mm. of goals, are they? So um, yeah, go for 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. 
Now, I've gone for a 1-1 in Brentford, Everton. I just think both teams are poor at the moment. They'll probably just cancel each other out. I couldn't bank on either of them getting a clean sheet because neither of them can defend. So one all seems logical. Could be a high-scoring game. So, yeah, who knows? Uh, Mark's gone for 2-0 Brentford. Again, I think that's more in hope like we did last last week, hoping that Brentford can finally score some goals. We've got two attacking players on our side. Uh, and you've gone for an Everton win. So three different results again. I didn't mean to if I did. I certainly didn't put that down. I think you messed that one up. Oh, you, no. no. I, I, th- I, went for a, I went for a Brentford 1-0. Did you? Went for a yeah. Brentford 1-0? What did I get 2-1 from then? I don't know. Hmm. But, uh, you know, okay. it'll be 2-1 now. Um, yeah, Brentford 1-0. <laughs> I, I just can't... I was going to say, I can't see Everton scoring at the moment. They just... Who's going to score the goal? Unless it's Townsend Weldy. I'm not sure who is going to score them a goal. No. In fact, when you were looking at the XGI uh, for forwards... What I did notice and find quite funny is Rondon is, is basically the worst player in the world. Yeah. Like he's right at the bottom of, yeah. of all four despite playing fairly significant minutes. Oh, he's... Um, so. oh. I mean, I, I think I said it a few weeks ago. It's like, he's, his one big thing was he was a bit of a bully and a bit of a tank. He was never that great a footballer, but he was like strong and agile and he's now lost a load of weight, isn't, hasn't got any more pace and is just as bad as he was you know, when he was at West yeah, Brom and, and Newcastle, it's... Yeah, he's not Premier League level anymore, is he? At one point, you know, he's linked to Barcelona <laughs> when he was playing in Spain. I can't remember playing for maybe it was Espanyol, someone might be able to correct me, but uh, Barcelona were really interested in at one point in his career, so he clearly was a half-decent football at one point, but uh, no, it's not really working. Maybe we'll I, see a... I just don't know how Everton score, but you guys have both got... Oh no, you've gone for a goal, haven't you? So yeah, yeah Mark hasn't gone for a goal. I'd expect just to burn for 1-0 or something. Yeah, okay. I'll change it 2-1, don't worry. Uh, Burnley Spurs, uh, you've both gone for three goals in this game. 2-1 Spurs. I've gone for 1-0 Spurs. Burnley are, are really poor at set plays. They've got Tarkovsky out um, as well this week. I think he's banned, but I think he's been arguably their worst player this season. I think there's been lots of... <laughs> Lots of like Burnley fans really annoyed with with mm. kind of the performance he's, he's putting in. He's been linked to quite a few clubs as well. Been linked to Newcastle, for example. Um, I wonder if his head can be turned or is is being turned. And I think it probably bodes quite well for for someone like Kane in this game. Fingers crossed, man. I mean, surely um, I've gone for two one to Spurs, more out of hope than anything else. But um, yeah. Conte every game gradually getting them like mm. 45 minutes decent last game can we have it 65 this time please at least that would be nice <laughs> Binging what, um, what yeah. Burnley team come out because if it's like a kind of diet you know really rigid like team do Spurs have the creativity to get past that and if you know, they're putting balls in from the wing backs and you know they're just heading them out all the time then you've got to think Spurs might struggle but if we do see this more expansive Burnley come out and you know, mm. they, they have been vulnerable from from headers and headed chances, then it could be that the, the wing-backs do thrive and, and Kane does get the service. I'd, I'd, I think the Leeds game, I would, I would have gone for Son over Kane, you know, thinking I think this is more suited to Son. I think this game is, is more suited to Kane. So, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, losing Romero for this game, uh, Romero's their battler, you kind of would have wanted mm. him. I, I think Burnley will probably nick a goal as yeah. a result of not having Romero. But then at the same time, Romero's probably like to get sent off in the, I think, Barnes and... Uh, well, if Barnes had played, but Wood would have targeted him. And yeah. he's he loves a card, doesn't he? So maybe it's a blessing. Yep. Uh, Leicester Watford next. I've gone for 2 1 Leicester. I keep backing Leicester. They keep letting me down. Uh, you've gone for 2 all, and Mark's gone for 2 1. Again, three different results. Got quite a few of those. Uh, yeah, yeah I, there's definitely goals in this one, isn't there? Neither, neither team can defend. Yeah, I would have thought so. Um, I don't own any players from either team, so I'm kind of just hoping for an exciting match, really. Um, uh, yeah, there's, there's not much more to it than that. Leicester just can't defend at the moment, it seems. And um, 
they've got it's really annoying because they've got from now anyway they've got a really nice run Leicester but we're not touching them mm. it's like Watford Southampton maybe not not great at the moment Southampton are actually pretty good Villa Newcastle Tottenham Everton I think that's an okay little run of six and a lot of people yeah. have kept the faith in Vardy um so in under normal circumstances, I mean, I, I actually really still like Barnes, despite him being a bit of a troll this season. But mm. and if you could tell me they would, he would start every game, I'd consider him as a little bit of yeah, a differential, yeah. maybe. But you just can't guarantee he even finishes forty-five minutes at the moment, can you? So, um, I think if you've got, yeah. Vard, I think if you've got Vardy, you keep him. You can't, you can't be oh, selling yeah, him. Before, probably do Watford at home. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I don't think you can. Um, and who you're switching to anyway? Really, I think yeah, you probably keep him at this point. I'd say I'd love to take a chance on Barnes, but mm. and I'd love to take a chance on Dak or Iniesta. We knew they were in a play, yep. but we just don't. So that's it. I, I want I want Leicester options to, to emerge because they are a they're a, they're a good side, and you know we've we've seen them in the past have, have great options. I mean, Iniesta last year was you know re- like a revelation. Talk about players like Benteke coming out of the cold. I mean, mm. Iniesta was great. He just barely gets a look in now. It's a shame. There's, um, there's rumours Brendan's uh, turned his head because he's getting Man United, aren't they? At the end oh, of the season, I don't, I don't think that'd be a good appointment for United. At all, over Brendan Rodgers. Sex Liverpool. Don't want that. No, that's it's so. That is, I don't know. I, I can't see Brendan Rodgers being the player that takes that team to the next level. I think he's a good coach, but yeah, he's it's the Liverpool link as well. And ten hogs, who yeah, you want? Anyway, it's a it's a whole other conversation, isn't it? Forget yeah, it Man is. United and their <laughs> managers. Yeah, ten hogs, who you want? In my opinion, uh, City West Ham. Uh, I've gone for three nil. Solid three nil City. I just think they're going to have too much for them. Uh, you've both gone for closer games 2-1 uh, you've both gone for yeah I mean a poor result for West Ham against Wolves got to think they're going to fight back a little bit but I just think City are too good just just, just too good they are too good but they've just played PSG haven't they and I think sometimes after the Champions League Man City can be get, got out a little bit and I think this is more in hope I've still got Antonio on my team and I'm probably going to have to play him now That mm. um, I was probably going to play him anyway to be fair because I just have so much faith in the guy Um and I think if they're going to get a goal, I hope it's Antonio because, I mean, he did score against them last season and, and West Ham are surely going to defend, soak up pressure and try and counter. And, you know, if you the way to beat Man City seems to be in the past is to try and isolate their centre-backs on the mm. counter. And, you know, Antonio one-on-one is probably one of the best people you could have in terms of isolating a centre-back. So, I mean, the stats, the odds, everything aren't in his favour, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna pray because I'm gonna be playing him, and it would be sod's law fantasy football that Antonio, who hasn't scored for a while in some easier games, then goes and does it in the game. Everyone yeah. ever benches him, right? So yeah, that's very true. Fingers crossed. But you're playing him, so sod's law is that he won't score in that game. <laughs> I mean, red card. Yeah, yeah that's what happened. As, I almost as, captained him last time. We got a red card on that game. That's much more likely. And then the final game of the week is Chelsea United. Uh, I've gone for a close one. I think I think Chelsea win it. I think it's gonna be fairly comfortable, but. I'm not sure Chelsea are going to absolutely bat United. Like take pity on them a little bit. I've just gone for a one nil. Uh, you've both gone for a two nil. I, I can't. I can't see any way in which United score in this game. Chelsea are just too solid, and United are just so mm. abject in offensively. Unless, unless, unless we've yeah, unless something has massively changed at Man United, it it yeah. looks fairly routine at this point, doesn't it? The only worry would be the fact that Chilwell's out and it has a knock-on effect or they bring Lukaku in and they can't quite work out or he's not mm. up to speed, something like yeah, that. Yeah. But the way Reese James is playing at the moment, you feel like he could win the game on his own. Well, Reese James v. Shaw is going to be a bit of a bloodbath, I think. Given the way I Did you see him versus Juventus? Yeah. Unbelievable. Absolutely. He's just so good. Yeah, he really is. Technical, like 
the range power he's passing, got in his shots, yeah. passing, yeah, intelligence, just everything. He looks unbeatable at the moment. Yeah, versatility as well. I mean, he can play right centre back and go into midfield. He can play on the wing. He can play wing back. He's yeah, he's, mm. he's, he's he's got the whole the whole deal. He's absolutely fantastic. Uh, great. That's the fixtures then. Uh, Captain Matrix. Oh, look at this guy. Look how ridiculously boring this is. Primary candidates: Salah, 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 Salah. Just yeah, very uh. Very, very rubbish. Uh, I'll try to fit some differentials for this week. I've gone for Caden Son against Burnley, uh, Bamiyang against Newcastle, Jimenez against Norwich, Foden v West Ham, Trent against Southampton. I don't think any of those players are, are bad picks, but you really have got to be brave, haven't you, this week to go against Salah at home to Southampton? Yeah, I mean, it's just hard to argue because, you know me, I like to have the captain punt, but that's when Salah's not being absolutely world class. He's been fine in the past, don't get me wrong, but there's been games where Salah has looked like not particularly that much of a good player. He's like, looked like a pub player even at times. His touch has been off everything. He still gets the points going wrong, but he is just on a different level this season. So it's tricky. The thing is, if you had captained one of these uh, guys at the back, you know, one of these wing backs or full backs um, over the last three or four weeks, you'd probably actually be slightly up on the deal even including the Man United um, hat-trick for Salah, just because they've been that good. I mean, Salah's been churning out little bits here and there. That doesn't mean it's a smart thing to do and you should do it all the time. But I think we should have these guys in the captain matrix like every week because they are mm. some of the highest ceiling people. So for me, I don't see... I mean, I see Trent there, but I know it's Man United we're playing, but Salah had Man United and he scored a hat-trick. I mean, is that, there's, there's an argument to captain Reese James, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you should probably be in that list. You probably should. And and you could argue for Cancelo as well, given given what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um I think I think right now, if you don't go for Salah, um, it's probably one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, arguably Mane if you wanted to be completely different. But yeah, it's it's hard to make it. It's still hard well, to make I'm it. Well, I'm sorry, Luke, I haven't put the defenders in, which you know, that's not a good segue to my next section, which hasn't got defenders <laughs> in. Uh, but yeah, just just a bit more on the captain conversation. Just for the, there might be a couple of people out there who are looking to go against Salah uh, this week. I mean, if we're looking at pure underlying stats, out of the options I've gone for, there's no contest. Salah is miles ahead of everyone else. Uh, XGI of 97.8. Uh, Foden's next with 144.5. Then you've got Trent, 145.2, and Jimenez right down to, I mean, a Bamiang, 386 minutes per expected goal involvement. I mean, he's, what is going on with a Bamiang at Arsenal? I mean, since he signed that contract at the beginning of last year, he's just been an absolute non-entity, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's doing worse than Son and Kane, right? and they've been terrible. Yeah, I mean, Aubameyang's always kind of done, he's always scored well, but his stats have never looked particularly good, have they? But it's it's getting worse and worse, it seems. And now, he seems to be playing on the left wing and they're bringing Lacazette back on up front, yeah. whereas at one point it was a mummy up top. So. But even when he was on the left, you know, in his first like season at, at Arsenal, yeah. he's still got 20 goals, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Again, Salah plays there, doesn't he? It doesn't matter. At the yeah. end of the day, if you can score, then you can score. And if anything, it's arguably better. You get more space. But still, I, I guess it's the fixture in this one. You, Yeah, Aubameyang is, is certainly an outside chance that you, you could go for. But um, Salah's just so consistent as well, isn't he? It's just, you, you would back him... And Even against Southampton, he's, he's at home. Salah, Salah at Anfield, he just, when's the last time he didn't get points? I just don't think it Against Burnley happens. in game week three, I oh, think was it? it was. Which is, right. is oh, the what, one blank he's had all season. The only, yeah, the only game he's blanked in. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, the, the only thing that, that can maybe tempt a few people away from, from Salah is looking at the fixtures of, of these players who, are, who I've listed. Southampton are the best defensively. Um, you know, over the season, uh, expected goal conceded on penalty of 78.4. 
compare that to like Norwich 52, Burnley 53, Newcastle 58. Um, so, you know, Southampton, they, they have these big, like, they have these games where they can concede big, but there hasn't been any indication that's going to happen yet. They've, they've no. been solid. Been better without Vestergaard actually since since he's gone. Well, he'll be up against Carl Walker Peters because he's playing at left back, and Carl mm. Walker Peters is right footed. So you'd like to think, on paper at least, that would help him to stop Salah cutting in on his left foot. But Carl Walker Peters isn't a particularly good defender, and he's a bit lightweight. And can he stop Salah anyway? Everyone's going Salah anyway. There's yeah. no point overthinking. Yeah, I think the, the the one player that I'd be tempted with would be Trent. Yeah, yeah. No, I can get behind that. Um, because the clean sheet looks yeah close to I can't I definitely can't see Southampton scoring, but in a straight shootout between Trent and Salah, I, I just think it's it's too much to ask Trent to try and match him given how Salah's performing. Um, yeah, sorry, yeah. I tried. Yeah. I dug out as many stats as I could, and it does show that Southampton probably won't be a big pushover, but at the same time, Liverpool was so good attacking wise. It's well, the one thing to I say, I guess, is if you have if you have got Trent and Salah. And which most of us do, and you captain Trent and Salah slightly outscores him. You, you're not going to lose out too much, are you? So you could just take that. I mean, we we have we're trying to look for these punts because we're never going to get them all season. No. But it could go the other way. And Trent has been outscoring uh, Salah, I think, for the last couple of weeks at least, which um, he could easily do in this game because, like you say, the clean sheet looks all the bit assured, and then you just have to get something from him. Which it's, it's just that issue that you have, have with defenders, where Southampton scores some dirty little goal, Adam Armstrong crops up or you know bed in the rack gets mm. a header from a corner or something like that loses the clean sheet Salah goes on gets a brace they win 2-1 and Trent gets 2 and Salah gets yeah and you're know, questioning your life decisions absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's always the risk but hopefully there'll be a few brave people who go against Salah and yeah good on you um, right let's take a look at our teams then going forward we've done two hours Luke I said this would be shorter than two hours but I think we're going to be basically bang on uh, so my team is Ramsdale Trent Cancelo and James Salah Foden, Rafina, Mbomo and Smith-Rowe, uh, Ronaldo, I still can't work out what the hell he's doing in there, uh, and Tony. And on bench, got Foster, Antonio, Liveramento and Ben Johnson. I, th- I mean, I think I'm just going to do Ronaldo to Kane. Uh, it's the move I probably should have done. Uh, you know, I, sh- I could have done Vardy to Kane for free and then I would have had two transfers. It would have already been a lot better. I think I'll just correct that. I think Kane outscores Ronaldo over the next three and then I can look to get Ronaldo back in potentially for, for when that that run I can't believe you're getting Kane after telling me you were never getting Kane multiple weeks ago yeah but what can you do I I saw I saw I saw enough from that second half to give some slither of hope that he can perform over the next three games if it had been like the first half I wouldn't go and be going anywhere near him you know you're not tempted just to go I'm gonna get Ben Take in instead (laughs) Yeah, I, I could do Antonio de Benteke and bench Ronaldo. That'd be a, that'd be the, that'd be the maverick move. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, absolute the, swag. I know. The the issue with with Ronaldo and Kane is that I'm I'm going to be stuck with Mbomo for a bit more, but I can just bench him. You know, my squad's big enough. I can bring Antonio in. He's got Brighton next week. It's a good game for him. Um, yeah, and then I can kind of reassess after that. So yeah I think a lot of people are going to be in that position where their first bench is going to end up being Mbomo I don't think yeah. that's the word as, as bad as he's actually been in terms of points I still don't think that's a bad thing to have him as like your first bench nah, option nor do on. I he's, yeah. he's alright imagine mm. if he if he got like four four of those seven shots yeah. at the post and it'd be like you know one of the top scoring players will be singing his praises so he has he mm-hmm. has been unlucky um, but yeah probably Ronaldo to came for me which I don't feel good about I don't feel good about mocking you for it. I don't feel good about all the people I've advised not to get him, all this kind of stuff. But 
I, I just I don't want Ronaldo at Chelsea away. I, I just it just doesn't sit right with me at all. And you've got to kind of look to the to the potential upside. And I think I think this Burnley game could be a good game for for Kane. So I will probably make that move. Um, do I go for your team? Got your team up? It's my team up. Is it? Um, is indeed. Okay. Um, well, I've obviously got Chilwell, who's yes. who's now. I mean, we're. I don't know for sure, but it looks like he's going to be a problem. So the obvious thing is just go straight to Alonso. So that's probably what I'll do there. I also do really want Jota though. So the option is to either take Rafinha or Mbomo. I can actually afford and go straight to Jota. So your, um, your, your team, just for the, the podcast listeners, just quickly, is, is greater in goal. Trent James, Cancelo, Chilwell, Salah, Rafinha, Mbomo, Foden, Kane, Antonio, and then a bench that's probably best left, not mentioned. <laughs> yeah non-playing keeper got Gilmore though he's looking like he's alright Livermento and then I've got Davis so I've basically got two subs um, yeah it, it'll probably be Chilwell to Alonso and then maybe well, I say maybe it's almost certain unless anything else happens I'll just do Mbomo to Jota um, and keep Rafinha for another couple of weeks mm. and then I'll have on paper again to me looks like a, a pretty damn good squad but <laughs> <laughs> whether it actually returns any points is another matter um, so yeah that's probably what I'll do and then obviously captain I suppose it's going to have to be Salah I might be tempted with Trent but um, yeah I, like I said it shouldn't affect us but I did it once and I put it on Chilwell he scores and gets a clean sheet and then Salah gets a hat trick it's just what, what can you do I'm, I'm trying out here you know I'm trying my best and it's, it's just getting punished it, it just doesn't seem like the season to go away from Salah very often at all nope I agree uh, Mark's team so Interestingly, uh, Mark has still got Joel, as you can see. He's got Guaita, Cancelo, Trent, Joel. Uh, Reese James has come in. Uh, Salah, Foden, Son, Mbomo, Jota and Tony. And then Foster, Antonio, Livramento and Davis. So Mark's transfers were Huang and someone else. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> Whoever his other defender was. Uh, for James and Keenan Davis. So he used his two free transfers basically to bring in Reese James. He had the exact funds... To do so it. he swapped hang for James for yeah he swapped hang for James basically yeah essentially exactly yeah and obviously now doesn't have a, a, a third striker which you know I get he's got Antonio Livermore on his bench so he's not, he's obviously not too worried about that um, but yeah has a problem now with with Chilwell so he's going to be like you he's going to be playing Antonio this week and then we'll have to deal with with Chilwell uh, next week I think I wa- I wonder if you know. Mark regrets that now. I mean, he had to do it. He had exact funds. James was going up. I can see why he did. Mm. But obviously, I think he'd rather have just done Chilwell to James. And well, I was going to say because Wang's got a nice couple of games. Wang right? with Norwich next, not up next as well. Could be could be a bit of a disaster if he turns up in that. I can guarantee you, he would say that he'd just do Chilwell to James. Yeah. Is James more expensive than Chilwell? Actually, I think he is point one. So maybe yeah. he didn't have the money. I don't know. But he definitely, um, he definitely, he definitely had the exact funds to do it. Oh, okay. Um, he had a Brentford defender, if I remember rightly, because I remember on Wildcard thinking, why That's he right. picked him? That's right. He yeah. had he had not the one that keeps scoring. He had didn't have Henry or Pinnock. He had uh, Janssen. Was he, is, is that the Janssen? Did he I think I think that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, who am I? Who am I to criticise Mark? I mean, he, he's gone early <laughs> and it's it's backfired. So fair play. I mean, it, this would be so Mark where Antonio now scores two and he was never going to play him. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. And so. Fingers crossed because he's going to be in my team. Yeah. Or, or if and it happens like it did with Torres at the start of the season, Juan gets a brace. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And then I mean, it's Norwich. And then all the people saying, where's Mark? Well, you won't be seeing him for even longer if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll suddenly be really busy again at work. Yeah, just, just way too busy. You have to give it till February or March, I think. Um, no, hopefully Mark will be 
we'll be back uh, very soon. Uh, black box leagues. So we've got world number two and world number five in our leagues now. Uh, Oscar FPL Focal is top. Uh, Tabs, like I mentioned, I did a, a chat. I had a chat with him for Scout. As the video's coming out tomorrow. Um, really interested to, to speak to both of those. I, I chatted to Oscar as well. So if you're interested in that, head over to Scout and, and watch those. Um, Richard Sops in third. Uh, Stella Kerr in fourth. Harry Jones in fifth. Not too much movement between those. Steve's uh, gone down to sixth. We've got a joint eighth place of Milan Singh and Daniel Minder. Uh, Brett's in seventh and Graham Murray has fallen down to 10th. But it's all pretty tight uh, in this league. I mean, Tabs is only six points off of Oscar, for example. Um, and Graham's only, I think, 30 points off, off first in Oscar. So only 30 points off second place. So it could be anyone's in that. Um, Apprentice League, I'm ahead, 8-4-1. Mark's in 7-8-2 in second. Natalie had a great week, 83 points for her. She's on 7.59. She's catching Mark up. I would love it if Natalie <laughs> can overtake Mark. It would be absolutely brilliant uh, if she did. Uh, Henry's down in fourth. He's really struggling down at 7.24. Uh, so he's now 35 points behind Natalie and he's got no chips. So Natalie's, oh got, to be, Natalie's got to be confident about uh, you know, winning that battle between them. Um, just taking a look at the fixture ticker. So you've got Spurs right at the top of the fixture ticker. This is why people are considering Kane and Son, not anything to do with their form. Burnley, Brentford, Norwich, Brighton in the next four. Uh, Leicester a second. You mentioned their fixtures. Watford, Southampton, Villa, Newcastle. Liverpool in third. Good time to be bringing in Diego Jota. Southampton, Everton, Wolves, Villa, Newcastle. Does look like a really good run. Uh, right down the bottom, it's West Ham with the worst run. They've got City, Chelsea, Arsenal away, which is quite a tough game. Uh, as well in the next five. Uh, Everton are right down there too in Southampton. So Livermento, who had such good fixtures and was getting points every week, I would think that if he's going to be coming off your bench, you're probably not going to be getting too many points from him going forward. Uh, no, FPL Dog Focal isn't world number one. He was briefly world number one, but the other guy caught him back up. Uh, so I think he's down back down in second. Uh, just finally, I just want rubbish. to mention... Rubbish. Terrible. I know, down in second. Terrible. I felt, bad, on, for, I felt bad for Tabs because uh, when when he messaged me to ask, you know, to he, he was like, oh, by the way, I'm I'm third. I can come on and, and do a video. I was like, yeah, great. Then he got a red arrow down to fifth. So it went from me kind of chatting to the world number three to chatting to the world number five. And I was like, that's typical. Yeah, <laughs> like six green arrows in a row. And then, and then down to fifth. But all you have to do is mention creating some content or coming on <laughs> Twitter it. and your rank just, just drops instantly. You yeah. just absolutely cursed. Uh, yeah. So the final thing uh, before we go is I just want to mention the FPL challenge. Uh, this is the thing Mark and I do. Where every time we get a green arrow, we donate a fiver uh, to um, the charity, um, which feeds starving people around the world. Just to say, there's obviously loads of people getting involved in this. There's been 710 meals shared overall. So thank you to everyone who's donating. Um, FPL Greece got in contact. He's really happy with with this. He says it will, feed, stuff, yeah. he will feed a hungry child for two years, is what he said to me. So how nice is wow. that that we've managed to contribute? Oh, that's amazing. To that. You must be skinned at the moment as well. <laughs> yeah, this so is a well. problem. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to have this good a season. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's hitting the old purse strings quite hard, but at least it's a, <laughs> at least it's a worthy cause. Um, uh, Luke, thank you so much for joining me. It's always great to have you on these. Um, hopefully we can do one again soon with, when Mark's back. Uh, I'll kind of promise that to everyone in general wants to do one with the three of us. We've got a foursome. That'd be exciting. Four very different managers on there. Uh, but yeah, it's been, uh, been great to talk to you. And we were just under two hours. So there you go. You can, is that good? We managed it. We managed it. <laughs> we managed it. We got through it. Lovely. 
Um, yeah. yeah, it's tricky at the moment, isn't it? Like I say, just there seems to be a very clear template. So trying to sort of branch outside of it and bring new ideas, it's, it's I find I find it really tricky at the moment. Um, but yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. And you're always welcome. Oh, yeah, you're a excellent, uh, you know, sort of replacement for Mark. My favourite replacement for Mark. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thanks, everyone, and we will see you soon. See you soon, guys. Podcast Network.